I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to r slash Entitled Parents the Movie, Revenge of the Karen. In this epic Entitled Parents episode, I'm going to be showing you some of the most persistent, horrible Karens that I've ever come across. Take the first story I'm about to show you. This crazy mum and dad try and force their daughter to get a fake COVID vaccine from an illegal doctor. Seriously, the whole video is going to be like this. Here we go. Entitled parents want me to fake my vaccination card. I am an 18 year old woman and I still live with my parents who are anti-vaxxers and since the pandemic also covid idiots. In my country, they are called Kwerdenka. My mum is especially against all COVID restrictions. She doesn't believe that COVID is dangerous and she thinks that the government only wants to control and kill us. She said repeatedly that we're living in a dictatorship and that the vaccine is going to kill us all. Also, since the pandemic, she started on various protests and is heavily active in conspiracy groups on Telegram, Facebook, etc., what a woman now my father isn't as extreme as her but he also believes that the vaccine is going to harm us because there hasn't been enough research yet in my country i have to be tested nearly every day in school in order to avoid infections and online school so does my brother who is an 18 year old my father also has to be tested every day at his workplace and if anyone is covid positive all of us will have to quarantine for two weeks If you're working, you don't get paid during this period of time. This could be avoided if you get the vaccine. We wouldn't have to be tested regularly and we wouldn't be quarantined if anyone in our class or family member has COVID. That's the initial situation of my story. The father of my best friend is a doctor and also an anti-vaxxer. He is allowed to vaccinate patients, but he just uses it as an excuse to fake vaccinate himself and his family. That's his daughter, son, and wife. My family is really close to his. I've been friends with his daughter since elementary school, and we live in the same neighborhood. He knows that my parents are also anti-vaxxers, and he made an offer to my mother approximately two months ago. He would also fake vaccinate us, my parents, my brother, and me. Oh my God, you're telling me a doctor is giving out fake vaccines. What? is going on now my mother has been afraid that i'm going to get vaccinated because i don't believe in all this bs about the government and covid i think covid is dangerous and deadly she knows my opinion and is deeply afraid that i will get killed because of the vaccine as soon as i turn 18 guess what one week after my birthday i got vaccinated without them knowing two months ago she told me about the doctor's offer and i clearly declined back then i was still 17. it is a crime in bad cases you have to go to jail for five years and i don't want to affect innocent people because i'm not really vaccinated i said all of this to her and at first she tried to make me feel guilty she wouldn't be afraid anymore that i got vaccinated she's done so much for us etc but i still declined She hasn't brought it up since then. One week ago, my parents wanted to talk to me and my brother in private. They shut down the internet and brought our mobiles into a different room. 
I immediately knew what they wanted from us Apparently my mother told my father about the doctor's offer because he has enormous pressure at his workplace Getting tested every day the risk of being positive and quarantining for two weeks without payments My father told us about his problems at work and said that it would be disastrous for us Me and my brother if he tested positive because both of us are going to be graduating this year and missing two weeks of school is really bad I just thought he was going to tell us about the offer and leave the decision up to us But I thought wrong He and my mother decided that either the whole family is going to get fake vaccinated or nobody is I understand that my father is under enormous pressure and I wouldn't say anything if he does accept the offer But he said he won't do it if any of us decide against it The problem is that he really wants to do it I said again that I won't accept that offer, but I also won't stop them Now the fun begins. He started to blame me because now he wouldn't be able to do it He said that we will do it as family, but is angry that i'm against it He's decided that he can also decide to just do it with my brother I didn't agree with his decision in the first place at that moment He's shouting at me trying to guilt trap me. I just wanted to go and said I was going to think about it Four days ago, that's three days after the first conversation, I told my mother that I still won't do it. During dinner, my father brought the topic up again. I still declined and told them they can do it without me. He didn't accept my answer. He started shouting again and also insulted me. How dumb I am, how stubborn, and that I think I'm so much better than them. He said he was disappointed in me because he thought that I was smarter than that, etc. That hurt me. I don't think I'm dumb. I'm one of the best of my class and I'm currently doing the German version of A-levels and I absolutely don't think I'm something better than my parents. I just don't agree with them. After that, he started to have some kind of breakdown, I think. He started crying and saying that he was worried that he wouldn't be able to provide for us anymore if he gets quarantined because he won't get paid during this period of time. He admitted that he is putting enormous pressure on me but he doesn't care. You have to know that I quickly have a remorse for the simplest things. Just when I think about hurting the feelings of others, especially my family members, and making them feel anxious, bad, etc., my conscience intervenes. Now my father is telling me that I could take away his and my mother's fear if I do what they want me to do, but I still refused. This caused a major feeling of guilt and remorse in me. Since he started insulting me, I hadn't said anything and his reproach made me feel so bad. I nearly started crying. After that, I got up, went to my room and cried. My feelings were so mixed up. I've got a strong sense of justice, but I felt so guilty and also so betrayed. As soon as I won't dance after the tune of my parents, they start to insult and guilt trap me. Needless to say, I didn't sleep well that night. Since then, my mother hasn't brought this topic up again. But my father won't speak to me. He's ignoring me, giving me the silent treatment. But I have to admit that I don't really care anymore. I don't know what he's going to do. And I also don't understand why I've got to be a part of all this. It's my decision. He can decide differently if he wants to. But I know that if I give in, they'll use this method every time I say no to something. This is the first time that I do something against the will of my parents and my behavior in this situation will determine how they treat me and my decisions in future. Just to clarify, my parents don't know that I am already vaccinated, but my friend told me her father, that's the doctor, would cover up for me and wouldn't tell my parents anything. 
First of all, OP, fair play to you for getting your actual vaccine and not listening to your, honestly, pretty dumb parents. Look, I get it. Some people don't want to get the vaccine. Fine, it's not ideal, obviously, but it's their choice. But whatever you do, don't get a fake vaccine and put everyone else in danger from a doctor who, for some reason, is willing to risk prison time? What is going on there? Seriously, if the dad feels so much pressure to get vaccinated, I have an amazing solution for him. Just get the vaccine, bro. It's not that hard. You absolute freak. And now moving on to our second story. Karen thinks she owns the sidewalk because she didn't train her dogs. I used to have a leash trained cat named Eva who loved going on walks. I would take her to this nice little trail that looped around a pond but only had street parking. So I would have to park my car a little up the street and walk maybe 60 feet on the sidewalk to reach the beginning of the path. I was leaving the path and we were on the sidewalk heading back to my car when this happened when we turned off the path to the sidewalk i spot an entitled lady walking two golden retrievers heading towards us since eva didn't give a dang about being around well-behaved dogs we continued walking in her direction to my car we were about 80 feet away when the dogs notice eva and they start going nuts They were barking, pulling at their leashes, and trying to lunge forward to get at her. The entitled lady wasn't doing anything to try and control the dogs. She didn't try and moving them off to the side, shortening their leash, telling them to stop, anything. Instead, she let them pull her towards us and even started doing a little trot to let them run at us. I have Eva heel and stay near my feet so I can pick her up just in case. They get closer and she's still not doing a dang thing to hinder them. So I move off the sidewalk and into the streets. She then began letting them off the sidewalk to angle towards us. At that point, they're almost on us. So I scoop up Eva. Only then, when they're snarling and lunging at me, does the entitled lady try and control them and hold them back. I was trying to get the frick out of there when the shrill harpy decided to open her gaping maw and yell, Leave! You can't be here! What the heck did you just say? You can't have your cat here. I was already walking away from her, but then the lady turned around and let the dogs follow after me to continue trying to attack us. This was all yelled at my back as I tried to get Eva to the safety of my car. But this is public property. No, this is where I walk my dogs. And this is where I walk my cats. I have my cat in the car at this point, and I'm yelling this through a cracked window while her dogs are jumping at the side of my car, still trying to attack us. Illegally, you can't have her here. What the heck are you talking about? Your cats hurt dogs. You can't be here. Don't come back. The rest of our exchange was her trying to say that it was illegal for me to walk either there because it excited dogs and she'd walked her dogs there for years and she lived nearby so it was her sidewalk by saying my cat hurt dogs she was referring to the strain the collar put on their necks when she was holding them back from attacking us she said she would call the cops on me for walking my cat and i told her to go ahead and call them so i could report her dogs for being aggressive that stopped her for a second but as i was driving she was screaming threats at me about bringing my cat back not gonna lie i'm petty for the rest of my time living in that crummy town whenever i passed her walking her dogs i'd slow my car down honk my horn and set the dogs off and then flip her off and set her off 
It always gave me a smile to see her getting yanked around by her goldens while screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah, probably some of the dumbest logic I've ever heard there. My dogs are attacking your cat, pulling on their lead, and therefore your cat's hurting my dog. I mean, make it make sense. What is that? Seriously, go back to school, get an education, you clown. I don't even know too much about dogs, but I thought that golden retrievers are some of the easiest dogs to train. I guess that just shows that this Karen is negligent, doesn't really care, thinks everyone else should pander to her. Just go away. And now for our final story of today's episode. Mum invites herself to my graduation. Grandfather's girlfriend tells me to uninvite her. This will be a pretty mild story, but I'm still mad about it. So now I'm making it the internet's problem and amusements. For some backstory, a few years back, my house had gotten foreclosure on because of my parents' questionable financial decisions. I was too young at the time to fully understand the situation, but I can tell you that my mother rarely decided to have a job. So, After the foreclosure, my older sister, who's nine years older than me, was gracious enough to let me, my mother, my father, and my brother move into her basement rent-free, on the condition that my mother get a job and we get an apartment or find somewhere else within six months. If I recall correctly, mum stayed six months, my father and I stayed eight months, and my brother is still there, but now pays rent. Why did my mother stay six and my father and I stay eight? Well, because at some point, my mother decided that was the best time to separate from my father. She came into the basement, gathered me, my father and my brother, and announced that she was leaving. Because your father is worthless, a lost cause, and also OP, your brother is useless and lazy. This coming from the woman who sat at home and cross-stitched all day, never helping her children with school, driving, or getting jobs. And yet, off she went to go and live with her co-worker. So, within the next few months, my father scrounged up a bit of money by taking extra runs at work as a truck driver and getting help from his father. And the two of us moved to another state in an apartment close to his father. I went back to school and honestly did better there in that one year and a half than I'd ever done with my old school. Why? Because my grandfather's girlfriend had talked to a friend of hers and talked her into tutoring me. For one thing, I have undiagnosed ADHD. And because of this, I have a huge difficulty focusing and retaining information. But I did it. I graduated a year and a half late, but I did it. Now I had to make a decision. Did I want to invite my mother to the graduation? Did I want her to be there for this milestone of my life that she not only didn't help with, but almost stopped me from reaching because of her unwillingness to be a parent? Well, fortunately for me, I didn't have to make the decision. She decided that she was invited without asking by asking me what day the graduation was so she could schedule her vacation days. Without answering her, I went right to my father and asked what he thought. How did he feel about her coming? Was he going to be okay with her staying for a few days? He was pretty emotionally messed up after she decided to abandon us the way she did. But he insisted it was fine and tried to make sure that I was okay with it. Now, I didn't really have enough of a backbone to tell her how I really felt, so I just told her the day I was graduating and kind of left it at that. I was pretty annoyed that she felt entitled to come to my graduation, but I didn't want to fight about it. While at my tutor's house with my grandfather to work on some stuff, graduation comes up, and I tell them that, yeah, my mother is coming. They both have some feelings about it because they know the history, but ultimately it's my decision and they leave it alone. However, then my grandfather told his girlfriend when he went back to his house to pick up some tools. 
So his girlfriend then calls me and decides to give me her two cents Mind you, I have known this woman for less than a year and in that period of time She's asserted herself to be a strong-willed woman who absolutely does not approve of my lifestyle and has tried to change several things about me Her two cents are essentially your mother is coming. Why? What does your father think? No, really? What does your father think? Are you sure? What do you think? What does he think? I think you should uninvite her for his sake You need to uninvite her. I'm still pretty spineless But I managed to stand my ground enough to tell her that my graduation is my event and I decide who's coming I explained that i've already talked to my father and he's expressed that he's fine However, just to be sure when my father came home from work He and I talked about it again and he assured me that it was fine Eventually when the topic of a celebratory dinner was brought up It was decided that rather than have everyone attend one My grandfather was going to bring me to one with me him his girlfriend my father and my tutor whom i'd invited And my father was going to host another with me my mother my sister and her four-month-old It was annoying me that these 50 plus year olds were acting like the four-month-old But two dinners was enough to shut me up The graduation ceremony and the dinners went without hitch for the most part Aside from my grandfather's girlfriend whispering to me that she wants to punch my mother while hugging me That was very cool. So not a terribly eventful or horrible story Fortunately, no screaming karens But I hope it was a relatable enough story to be enjoyable A few too many entitled people involved in this story for my liking I thought it was bad enough at first with just your mother acting like an absolute cow But then your grandfather's girlfriend who's known you less than a year gets involved. Um, wow keep out of it It's my graduation f off. I mean seriously any normal family would say yeah, it's your event invite who you want We'll do what you say, but no Not this family, not these two women. They've got to get their nose involved and do what they want. Brilliant scenes. Stop, please. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't text and grocery shop, folks. Greetings and salutations. I'm excited to report that I've experienced a grocery store Karen. This is a first for me, not because they're a rare form of Karen, but because some time ago, my grocery shopping privileges were revoked. A few years back, I was sent on a mission to the grocery store with a list of stuff missing for an upcoming dinner. I came back with everything on the list, except I wasn't aware unsalted butter was the stuff of nightmares and tasted of sadness and failure. Ever since, I've been relentlessly mocked at family gatherings and permanently banned from grocery shopping Unless it's a dire emergency in the event of such an emergency I'm given a series of pictures of things to find and I have to reply with a picture of what I found Before i'm given approval to actually pay and leave What the heck? I mean, I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that. That's kind of sad That being said, I am a grown-ass man. I can go to the grocery store if I feel like it Okay, this guy's an adult. Uh, yeah, that is kind of sad. Anyway 
These occasions are very infrequent and my basket will usually elicit a raised eyebrow from a cashier. A basket filled with ice cream, sugary cereal, soda, and candy will do that. Everyone else is on a diet. Don't judge. Earlier today, I retrieved my basket and started meandering my way through the aisles of the store, stopping occasionally to grab some tasty treat that caught my eye. I think it was the second or third aisle when I spotted my nemesis. She was stopped with her forearms resting on the cart handlebar and scowling ferociously at her cell phone, tapping away. I detoured around her and proceeded on my probably going to give me diabetes trip. Next aisle was soda and energy drinks, and I paused and had a moment of existential crisis. Red Bull or Monster? If Monster, which flavor? Comment down below, by the way, guys. I wasn't stopped there overly long, but before I could come to a decision, a cart plowed straight into me. She wasn't going quite fast enough to knock me flat, but I did stagger a little. By the time I got on balance, I was being scolded by this woman for not watching where I was going, and that I was so careless, I made her drop her phone. Based on the look on her face and the logical fallacy that was her reaction to careening into a bystander, I figured I'd just let it go, because there's no sense shouting into the wind. She retrieves her phone and resumes texting and operating a shopping cart. Being not like that dislodged the angel on my shoulder, and a tiny Zoidberg took his place. Red Bull? Monster? Why not both? Existential crisis averted. Proceed on mission. I skipped the aisle Karen is currently haunting because it's all healthy rubbish anyway. I think I got a couple hours of clearance from that woman, and then I hit the cereal aisle. Oh man, this is gonna take a minute. I'm stood there slack-jawed, because this is not a frequent decision I have to make. And there are so many options. I could sense my nemesis approaching. A thud followed by a younger female saying, Ow! What the heck, lady? Accompanied by the soothing sounds of a recently crashed into toddler indicate her approach. Her shouts of indignant outrage moving away from the collision indicate the time is drawing nigh. I'm so very close to making the right decision, but I know she's coming. So I put one foot out to stop the car I know is coming and stand there with cap and crunch in one hand and lucky charms in the other. Do I want cut gums or green poop? Hmm. I'm braced for impact when this woman plows into me a second time and my foot stops the car successfully. Before she can wind up and start shouting at me, I look her dead in the face and said, in a tone reserved for people I wish ill upon but lack a desire to cause a scene, watch where the F you're going, lady. Get your face out your phone. Nobody else is playing bumper cars. I'm rewarded with a surprise Pikachu face and I decide Lucky Charms is the way to go. I replace the cap and crunch box on the shelf and I move on. I very nearly complete the rest of my shopping trip before she catches up to me again, only with reinforcements this time. She's drafted a confused looking stock girl and a woman about my age I assume was some form of manager. The tie and the name badge that said manager sort of gave that away. I don't know what her exact role was, because looking intently at a random woman's chest is generally frowned upon. Especially when the chest merits stares. Not that, okay, wow, not that I looked. Anyway, the Karen cries. There he is. There's the man who swore at me and assaulted me. He cracked my phone screen. Probably for the best, I was still deciding if getting mini Sunday cones was worth the potential trouble I'd get in for tempting unsuspecting dieters in my house, as this could take a minute. Manager lady comes over to speak with me and asks me what happened. Stock girl decided discretion was the better part of valor and disappeared while the Karen was distracted. 
I'm not terribly sure what exactly the Karen expected, but I do plead guilty to swearing at the woman after she'd negligently crashed into me with her cart twice. I suggest that her phone might have been broken when she crashed into the woman with the now screaming toddler as she didn't say anything about her phone being broken after the first crash and she didn't drop her phone in the second. Manager lady grabs a radio clipped to her belt and starts speaking retail into it. I didn't think I was going to get in trouble and I assumed that the manager was summoning security. So I figured I'd buy some time for the cavalry to arrive. I admitted I shouldn't have sworn at the woman in tones positively dripping with sarcasm. Oh, woe betide how wrong I was to have said such harsh words to such an enlightened and observant woman. Her face went from surprise to smug and then just a touch of confusion before transitioning into rage. Her entire head actually seemed to be changing to a nice deep red shade. The manager's face was also bright red, but that was from trying to keep it together. The security dude shows up and the Karen is actually stunned when they ask her to come with them as she is being excluded from the premises. She only begins pitching a fit when she's halfway frog marched out of the store saying that everyone involved with this would regret treating her this way blah 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 Once karen's out of earshots the manager lets out a sound I have never heard out of a human mouth before some weird hybrid of gasp giggle and wheeze Accompanied by a few titters before she's collected herself and asked if I need anything else. I say I think i'm all set And I take out a box of the big boy sunday cones feeling i've earned them She looks at what i've got in the basket and asks if i'm finished shopping I feel judged. So I explain that everyone else is on a diet She gives my defense a smirk and says that she doesn't care. She just wants to comp my purchases I stop defending myself and proclaim my mission accomplished Turns out free really does add a wonderful flavor to foods. First of all, I just want to say op Thank you. Uh, really from the bottom of my heart. That is the best story i've ever read on reddit That's not even a joke. So well written really interesting funny. I'll just I just love everything about it. It's just, it's just good Yeah, just really good. If only more stories are like that. I would love it. I really would Uh, if you're an amazing writer get in the mixer. I'm rambling who cares subtitles have gone it's Just like jibber jabber at the bottom now it's just letters. That's all it is Oh, just screw it. Just great story. I loved every second of it. I'm gonna read more from this bloke because um, wow That was electric in every single sense of the word. I loved it I mean genuinely if this guy wrote a book, I would read it that story was that well written that interesting justice for karen But justice for the english language that was how good that was and now moving on to our second story The title and thumbnail of today's episode entitled parents causes car crash because she couldn't get any petrol quick bit of backstory I work at a supermarket and we have a petrol station just up the road Normally I work on the tills But I was asked by my manager to head up to the petrol station and direct traffic on the tarmac Due to the fuel shortage and amount of cars queuing to get in So i had been standing out on the tarmac of our petrol station for around 25 minutes Telling all the customers that wanted fuel that we only had unleaded petrol left and no diesel Most people were understanding and simply drove on and others looked like they wanted to tear my tongue out of my mouth I was expecting this. However, it was at this point I was told over the speaker system to no longer let cars in as we had entirely run out of all fuel. And this is when I started getting grief from just about everyone. About 30 minutes after we ran out of fuel, I met the entitled mother of this story. 
At this point, it was around 4.30 p.m. And she pulled up to me, rolled down her window, and screeched out, Diesel! Nope, sorry, darling. We ran out about half an hour ago, I replied. Now, guys, this story actually happened in the UK recently. So for that reason, I reckon this Karen is an entitled British chav. Oh, that's absolute bull. My friend came here earlier on and got fuel. You need to sort it out and get some more nair. We did have fuel earlier on, but we ran out thanks to how busy it's been. At this point, one of our delivery vans pulled into the petrol station and went to the pump they have reserved just for delivery vans. And the entitled mum didn't approve. Why the F does he get fuel? Uh, That's a pump reserved for our delivery drivers. That's how they fill up before and after their runs. I'm using that pump. She then rolled up her window and swerved her car to try and drive around me to get into the petrol station and towards the pump. She did this without indicating at all and she was promptly hit by another of our vans that was also coming to fuel up. I made sure that she and the driver were okay and when they both agreed they were fine, I headed inside, called my manager and left the rest to her. I don't know what the result was of the accident, but the damage wasn't too bad from what I saw. Well, listen, Karen, take that, said it better than I ever could. Just have a little patience. Come on, it's not that hard. For those of you that don't know, there's a big fuel shortage in the UK right now and no one really can get fuel for their cars. But I'll tell you what won't help. People like this, jumping queues, trying to get ahead, causing crashes. Nah. And now moving on to our third story, guys. And to be honest, this Karen is actually a little bit more calm, relaxed, chilled out, more normal than the first two Karens in this episode. I'm lying. She's not. American Red Cross Karen calls me selfish for getting tattoos instead of donating blood. Here we go. Hey, guys. This happened earlier today. I'm a 26-year-old woman in New York, and I'm a bit of a tattoo addict. I've got a total of six so far, with my next appointment being next month. Earlier today, while I was getting ready for work, my phone rang. Not really paying attention to caller ID, I picked up. Hello? Good morning. Is this Miss OP? Yes, uh, it is. Great. Well, my name is Karen, and I'm calling from the American Red Cross. Did you know there's a blood shortage right now? With your next donation, you could potentially save dozens of lives. Can I schedule your next donation now? Ah, sorry, Karen, but I can't donate right now. I just got a tattoo about two months ago, and I've got another tattoo coming up real soon. I would love to donate, but I'm going to be unable for the next few months at least. Oh, well, then perhaps you wouldn't mind rescheduling that next tattoo so you can donate at your three-month mark. Uh, no, thank you, Karen. My artist is months behind in her clients, and I actually got really lucky with getting an appointment so soon. Um, I'm so sorry, but I I can't donate right now. What? You're really going to choose tattoos over saving someone's life? Really? Wow, Uh, how selfish can you be? And with that, she hung up. Okay, first of all, lady, you can't force anyone to donate blood. That's obvious. Second of all, and I might be wrong here, but the fact that this person has your number in the first place and has called it a three-month checkup means that I'm pretty sure OP has given blood before, right? So she's already done something selfless, given her blood once, but no, apparently she's now too selfish to give again? Like, surely if you are this Karen, you would then target other people who have never donated in the first place and not call someone selfish who's already donated in the past past and just doesn't want to this time that makes no sense to me and now for our fourth and final story of today's episode sister copied my fifth grade book reports evil mama bear lets her get away with it this happened when i was 13 and in middle school my sister was 10 and in the fifth grade at the time 
Three years earlier, when I was in the fifth grade, I did a book report on a light novel I don't really remember, and I got a B plus on that report. My dad had a habit of filing all the return school assignments of myself and my sister, and he catalogued them by day, month, year, and topic. I thought his doing so was a bit overzealous, but I didn't really dwell on it. Uh, yeah, kind of agree. What a weird thing to do. Fast forward three years, and one day I noticed my sister came home from school whining about having to do a boring book report. I told her I did a few of them for school in her grade, and they're really not so hard. Just pick a book, read it, and then write about it. Then I brought up the name of the book I'd done a report on at that time and said it might be a good choice for her, as it was an easy novel to read with big fonts printed on the pages. She had two weeks to do the book report, but I never once saw her reading any book at all during that time, and I repeatedly reminded her. She just brushed me off and said, I got this. Then, One day, my sister comes home, all proud of herself, that she got a B on her book report, which was odd to me, since she really didn't read anything as far as I'd known. Plus, she didn't really care to apply herself. I knew she had the smarts, just not the drive. So, out of curiosity, I picked up the report and started to read it. And to my shock, it was just like one I'd written three years earlier. She didn't even change the title. I was furious and I called her out for copying my work. She just ran into mum's arms crying. She copied my old book reports. She doesn't deserve this grade. No, she didn't, said my mum. You're mistaken. My little princess wrote this all by herself. She earned that B. Fine then. I'll just talk to dad when he gets home and we'll see who's right. Don't you talk back to me, young man. Go to your room. With pleasure. This was before I got my Nokia cell phone. So, as I was walking to my room, I sneakily grabbed the cordless phone from its charger and called my dad from upstairs. He was upset and agreed to look at his records when he got home. Surprise, surprise, when he opened up the file cabinet that had my elementary schoolwork in it, it looked like it had been rifled through. We found the original book report pretty easily. It had been sloppily shoved back into the file and was crudely folded in half. We read the title and sure enough, It was the same. We came out of the office and my dad asked to see my sister's book reports. Mum stood her ground and said that her little princess didn't do anything, but dad was adamant. Mum tried to double down, but dad told her if she was so confident that my sister didn't copy my work, then to let him read it. So mum finally handed him the book report without even looking at him and dad proceeded to compare the two He got no further than reading the titles of both before my sister started bawling and confessing to what she'd done Mum came flying to her aid to hug and kiss her then chastised us for making her cry Dad said she ripped off my schoolwork and if the school found out she'd have her grade revoked and would likely be punished which made my sister cry harder. My sister tearfully confessed that a few days earlier, she had gone into dad's office and looked through my old school work files and found the book reports. Then she just hand wrote her own version of it that was almost identical and put the original back in the cabinets. After confessing, she then ran to dad's leg and latched onto him while crying her eyes out and saying she'd never do it again. Sorry, let me just remember. How old is this person? Okay, so she's 10 years old and she's acting like she's two. I guess my sister's tears made dad sympathetic because he said that he wouldn't tell the school she cheated, but that she was still grounded for doing it. And he expected better from her from then on. Now, I was mad, but my dad told me there was no use 
since my sister had already gotten graded on the reports and no one noticed. This just made mum give me an evil smirk, like she was saying, ha, I win because she never enforced my sister's groundings while dad wasn't home. Then dad took me upstairs and assured me from now on, he'd make sure this didn't happen again by keeping better control of his files. My sister didn't get off completely scot-free though. That Sunday, dad took me out for ice cream and a trip to the mall, but not her. She was screaming, begging to come with us, but dad told her she didn't deserve it for copying my book reports. So in essence, it was my grade and not hers. I'd be getting that ice cream that made mum say that she'd go out and buy her a tub of whatever ice cream she wanted but she just cried it wasn't the same and then ran to her room to scream and pout that was the best ice cream i'd gotten all year the following week my dad got some brand new file cabinets with better locks on them so nobody could get into them anymore but him and for those who may be wondering why the teacher didn't notice the book report was the same well my old teacher i had back in fifth grade had moved on to another school by the time i was in sixth grade and since it was elementary it wouldn't surprise me if copied book reports slipped through the cracks on many occasions there are a lot of students to keep track of after all interesting story there i wouldn't personally rat out your sister to the school but i would definitely enforce her being grounded i mean to do that is not great is it and it's probably best that she cuts that out earlier on in life than later so in that respect the mother here bit of a weird one Uh, i wouldn't personally have that reaction but to be fair your dad's also a bit of a strange bloke sorry why has he got this weird filing cabinet with all your old school reports to the date That's a bit dodgy. And also, it's not really that deep, is it? I mean, everyone copies all the time and she's 10. Who really cares? My abusive ex-stepfather asked me to call the police if I knew anything. So I did. I am a 29-year-old woman and I live with my mum and her new boyfriend. We'll call him A-Hat when I was a child. They met when I was 10 years old. But from the moment I met this man, I never liked him. He gave off the most terrifying vibes. And even as a child, I could instinctively tell that there was something wrong with this man. Fast forward six years and my mum and Ahat are getting married on my birthday, no less. I have three new siblings in that time from their marriage. And this man for the past six years has made my life a living hell. He was physically and verbally aggressive almost every single day to me, my mum and siblings. However, he did, and still does, have a particular dislike towards me. To this day, I'm still not sure why. He would exclude me from family events, force family members to not give me presents at Christmas and birthdays, and then humiliate me on those events and make a scene of me not receiving gifts. Body shame me? I was 11 years old when he did this, mind you, and called me a hoe for wearing a skirt. He also spent approximately $50,000 of my inheritance on himself things like mountain bikes and the like he would hide my phone for no reason so i couldn't contact my father or friends or extended family he wouldn't let me eat the yummy food but would sit there and eat it in front of me he ruined the very expensive 4wd i bought my mum as an adult out of my inheritance and once he ruined it left it at its demise place which was out of town in the back country down a steep slope and in a creek for me and my mum to sort out and there's even more stolen cars and motorbikes started a bushfire tried to pin a break and enter of a friend's house in the middle of the night on my boyfriend and that is just a snippet of the charms of this literally awful human being i moved out of home very shortly after the wedding and at 16 i was living on my own juggling two part-time jobs full-time school in a brand new state and a brand new city but 
it was a heck ton better than living at home fast forward again another 10 years so i'm now 26 and my mum has finally had the courage to separate from Ahat with my three siblings after years of further abuse from him. He still tries and terrorizes their lives and controls them and demonstrates very threatening behavior, but at least they're out. My three siblings choose to stay with my mum for obvious reasons, but still had to have visitation with their father due to custody arrangements. Ahat always had a lot of resentment towards the children for this, but can you blame them? I, I certainly can't. Fast forward now to present day. I have full care of the oldest of my three younger siblings as she wanted to escape Ahat and move states to live with me. I fully supported this because I've always tried to help where I can. The youngest of the three stays with mum. The middle child, my brother, was very traumatized by his dad's behavior and consequently has a lot of untreated trauma and behavior to go with it. I tried to take care of him and let him live with me and my family at one point. However, he also was too violent for me to handle. Ahat actively stopped my brother getting the mental health help he needed. I believe this to be that it might have held him accountable if my brother told anyone anything too incriminating. My brother moves back to my mother and younger sister. He is also too violent for them to handle. Side notes, I understand my brother's behavior is not okay either, and unfortunately, a lot of it is learnt behavior. And when he has sought out help, Ahat quickly stopped that. I'm hoping in the future he can hopefully and finally get the help he needs anyway last week on sunday my brother assaulted a family member when at my mum's house he was escorted off the property by police and taken to ahat's house to live now i get a message from him on wednesday for the first time in years saying your brother is missing the police have been called if you know anything call me or the police instant panic sets in I feel like a scared child again from a very benign message from this man I sat looking at this message all night wondering what to do about it That's when it came to me Ahat asked me to call the police if I knew anything He didn't specify what I had to know and tell the police just that if I knew anything to call them So I did I called the police and I told them that I felt I had some very important information to tell them regarding my missing brother I told them everything all the abuse that had happened to me and my family at great lengths i told them that if they return my brother when they find him to ahat's house that they will be putting him in direct danger i told them absolutely everything the police were very interested to hear this about ahat and put me on hold while the police officer i was speaking to went to discuss something with her superior when i got taken off hold i'm talking to a more senior officer now He wants me to reiterate the story, which I do. He says someone will call me back. Okay, I think. I get a call back not longer, and they ask, if needed, would I sign a statement to what I had said? Of course, I agree. I go down to my local police station to sign said statements about what I've told the police. There is now an arrest warrant out for Ahat for a multitude of reasons. Seems there was more in his police file that I wasn't aware of. And I was told that under no circumstance would Ahat be getting my brother when he's found or any of my other siblings back in his care. So not the juiciest of entitled parents on here, but I did maliciously comply with my butthole ex-stepfather's request of calling the police if I knew anything. And now he won't be able to hurt my family anymore. So that's worth smiling over. It's been a slow burn to see any kind of justice come to this evil, entitled, terrible human but my patience eventually paid off 
Now, OP has actually given us some clarifications and a couple of edits to try and, you know, give us a little bit more insight into how this story is unfolding. Number one, I am from Australia, which might clarify some confusion. Our police system works a little differently down here where we can go to our local police station regardless of what state we're in as once the job number has been created, it can be accessed and also acted upon on a federal level. That means accessed across the entire country. Number two, the police have reason to believe, however, they aren't able to disclose the exact reason why they believe this, that my brother is safe and fine and have said as much to me. But again, they haven't elaborated on this. I believe that my brother and Ahat probably had a triggering event transpire and that my brother ran away and has gone underground or into hiding. He has done this before, however, it never reached a police level. There were some people in the comment section of Reddit saying that it was strange that I was here posting the story onto Reddit about the incident while my brother was still missing, and I can understand where they're coming from. However, being states away from my brother specifically on an island state and with covid restrictions i'm unable to get to his states so for now i've done everything i can from where i am i've also contacted and disclosed everything to child safety which i've done so 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 many times before this is the most i can do from where i am unfortunately Yeah, makes complete sense to me. To be fair, OP, as long as the police are saying that your brother is almost definitely okay, I think, yeah, you're you're doing as much as you can. No need to get worked up about it. He's done it before. I'm sure it'll be fine. Update number three. My sister, the oldest of the three that lives with me full time, has made contact via social media with my brother today. Okay, so there we go. My brother was very vague and secretive to my sister and wasn't willing to disclose where he was which I can understand. We've all experienced the length of Ahat's secretive nature. So by not telling us anything he knows, Ahat can't manipulate, intimidate, or threaten us to get any information out of us if we don't know anything. I can confirm that it was most definitely our brother, as he used a safe word that we have between us four siblings, as Ahat would often take our phones. So we'd always use that safe word so we'd actually know it was our sibling we were talking to, not potentially Ahat's. The same goes for dangerous situations. If we'd ever need assistance, we would say the safe word for help as to not alert anyone we were asking for help. Very good idea for anyone else experiencing a similar experience. How sad is that though? that you have to even go to that extent to have a safe word from your own father your own stepdad that is oh terrible speaking of number four no word on location or outcome of ahat as he is no longer a direct family member i'm not going to be informed until it is public knowledge i imagine the officer did say that she would contact me if there was anything else i did need to know however it may be a bit of time until we hear any outcome for him In the 19 years I have known him, he has almost always managed to wiggle his way out of any repercussions of his actions. So I'm not holding my breath that this time will be any different, but I still have hope. It's better than resentment and negativity. And finally, number five, I just received another text from Ahat saying, Obviously no concern of yours, hey, big sis. Thanks for caring, only for yourself. I haven't replied to his original text and I won't reply to this one either. This text has rattled me just like the first one. No matter how far you physically remove yourself from the person who has traumatized you, it can very quickly come straight back to take you back to feeling like it's happening all over again. Deep breaths and keep on. And lastly, I've been so blown away by everyone's support. 
Nothing like this has ever happened to me with so much support and kind words from so many people. It's been so amazing, humbling and beautiful that people have taken the time to wish me and my family well wishes and love and strength. It's people like all of you that give me hope and motivation to not harbor anger towards people and the world for the rubbish situations I've gone through in my life because there is so much good out there. Thank you so, so much. And look, guys, this post has, you know, over 6,000 upvotes at the time of recording, but insanely, it has over 160 comments as well. And they are all, to be fair, incredibly positive. I'll just go through a few. I mean, look at this one. Good on you. Hope your brother's found safe. And Ahat didn't do something to him and only called you to start building an alibi. Yes, I really hope that's also what happened. I mean, look, what a comment by Stella Manatee. I'm in awe of your bravery. Not easy to come from such an abusive step-parent to work and live your life at such a young age and still manage to be there for your siblings. An absolute standing ovation for telling the police everything you knew as your butthole ex-stepfather requested. All the best to you. I hope you have a happy, peaceful life. And guys, you have to understand, look, Opie has been through a lot. Seeing these insane comments of support probably just makes them feel amazing. And it's vindication, right? They now know they've done the right thing. If they were unsure, comments like this can really help them to understand that. You know what, guys? Let's get involved. It doesn't have to be just Reddit. It can be our community as well. Let's get down in the comments and give Opie some messages of support to let them know that they definitely are doing the right thing here and that they've done something amazing. If you've got any advice or tips, maybe past experiences that you've had or just you know general empathy comment down below hopefully we can get op to see this video and see the insane support that you lot can give and now moving on to our second story of today's entitled parents episodes being hated for being free hello everybody new member here i'd just like to share an experience i've had recently it's a long read but one i believe many of you will likely relate to As a 27-year-old man, I have many friends with children, mostly in the toddler age group, as well as many friends without children, like myself. Now, don't get me wrong. I love being the fun friend, uncle, friend, uncle, whatever, but I've always stood firm in my decision not to sire children. To that end, most of my friends with children have grown to accept that, and we just don't bring it up no calls to right i think my friends just expect that one day i and whoever i may be courting will announce a pregnancy to which end i know they'll be disappointed but that's okay see being a single childless young man i naturally have quite a bit more freedom in life than my friends with children i can still live life on a whim they can't i can roughly predict what the next two weeks will hold they can't If I want to have kids later in life, I can reverse that decision, would likely adopt. They can't. Of course, most of my friends with children are still wholesome and loving friends. They love to see me traveling to exotic places, and they adore the small trinkets and lengthy stories I bring home with me. One set of friends, however, has shown their true colors lately. See, over the past few years, I've helped them left, right, and center, financially. I don't mind because they have mouths to feed and I know how it feels to struggle. So I don't want to see my friends and their children doing the same. The most notable expense was the 1.8k I shelled out to literally buy them a running vehicle. Bear that in mind, that 1,800 will be important later. The friends in question have a three-year-old together and the girlfriend has a nine-year-old from a previous relationship. This couple in particular has turned very bitter to me lately. Almost as soon as they found out that i'm planning a month-long trip to brazil in june My friend's immediate response was oh, you should be saving that money so you can buy a house and start a family And I replied 
while i have no interest in reproducing and i'm not ready to set an anchor we've discussed that and his girlfriend pipes in yeah whatever must be nice to just fly off all over the world maybe one day you'll know what it's like to be responsible instead of only thinking about you um excuse me excuse me i worked my fingers to the bone to save for this vacation and all my previous voyages and to that end i'm not done yet i've been strictly budgeting my money for over a year to make this happen i even gave up both cigarettes and soda to save a few more dollars per week no eating out no buying video games basically nothing outside of the essentials i work more hours per week than both of them combined not judging look they've got kids to care for but still i earn this and then for them to act like i'm a lesser man because i didn't accidentally reproduce right out of high school to me that was both laughable and pathetic now even at this point i chalked it up to okay they resent me for it in the moment i guess i understand that because i know that neither of them has ever gotten to do such a thing and i do feel somewhat like a jerk that they have to watch me fly off to brazil knowing they can't afford to do much because well raising children is expensive but then they take it a massive step further and ask me to borrow three thousand dollars so they too can do something this summer she even whipped out her phone and pulled up the resort they wanted to stay at on table rock lake missouri as soon as i noticed she'd entered the info for a 14 day stay totaling 2.4k i realized they had planned to ask for this money all along i was honestly speechless for a moment so eventually i said something along the lines of look man i've been saving for this for over a year I can't afford to loan any of that money out or I wouldn't be able to afford to go on my vacation. And to be honest, I still have to recoup that 1.8k I loaned you guys before my plans are even back in the green. So I'm sorry, but the answer is no. And they just lost it. All your single buttholes ever think about is yourself. You have no idea what it's like. We never get to do anything. Some friend you are, you'd rather go off by yourself than help our kids have a good summer. At that point, I simply left without another word. It's clear to me now that all I ever was, was a piggy bank. In truth, I guess it was my fault for being proud of my frugality and occasionally mentioning my savings. Like, hey man, I hit 10K today, two thirds of the way there. This all happened last weekend. And even today, I received another text. Are you sure we can't all just go to the lake together? The kids really need this. It's not like you can't go to Brazil another time. And this, friends, has been a hastily written and hurtful example of entitlement. Takeaways. One, don't discuss your finances with anyone that isn't directly affiliated with them. Yourself and or your partner, maybe your parents, but not your friends. Two, never loan money to friends. Treat it as a gift that you will not see returned. If you do see it returned, yeah, treat it as a nice surprise. And three, thank you for reading and feel free to share discourse or similar stories in the comments. All right, guys, comment down below. What are your thoughts on those three takeaways that, you know, I'll put them up on screen. You don't need to see my ugly face. <laughs> Takeaway one, don't discuss your finances with anyone that isn't directly affiliated with yourself. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. He actually says here, not your friends. I don't know. Uh, maybe if they're like your very, very, very close friends, then you can. I mean, personally, we have done. I think that's absolutely fine. People you trust. But yeah, not people that you really, really don't know amazingly well. That's for sure. Two, never loan money to friends. I actually do agree with this one. Even my best friends, 
I wouldn't loan money to expecting them to pay me back necessarily. I'm not saying like just a small amount of money, but you know, a proper chunk of money. If you're going to loan that to a mate, yeah, realistically, don't expect to see it back. Obviously, you'd hope it comes back, but yeah, he's right. If you do see it return, treat it as a surprise. I completely agree with that. And three, yeah comment down below fellas what are your thoughts on this story personally again loved it um I, I can't believe the entitlement though like yeah it's your money you've chosen not to have a kid and not to have a partner obviously you're going to have more money for yourself then like, obviously you can spend it on stuff that you want to do it's so weird isn't it like yeah look don't get me wrong i want to have children someday and a family but you can't really abuse people for not wanting to do that and then spending their own money on themselves and having a good time that's not selfish that just that just makes sense right i don't understand that logic at all like it is actually just mental you owe them absolutely nothing you've done very well in your life to be able to go away and you know have a nice vacation that you deserve you've been you know penny picking for ages gonna make it happen so fair play to you but um yeah just because they've got kids and have obviously much more expenses they can't do that and that's their choice psycho entitled parents breaks into a house holds a girl at gunpoint and then lies to the police okay first of all this didn't happen to me but a friend of mine so i'm writing it in the third person as i heard it two i know how fake the title sounds but she showed me security footage of the event that transpired and yep it was real it actually happened so basically let me set the stage i'm going to be using fake names to protect identities of course person this happened to is elizabeth elizabeth's mother is christina the entitled parent is karen and the entitled teen is darren this happened around four years ago basically christina had a computer that she let her neighbor's kid use from time to time as long as christina was there to watch them if she was gone then she would tell her daughter elizabeth who was about 16 or 17 at the time that they weren't allowed to use the computer but usually if christina wasn't home neither was elizabeth now here's a key fact Before they go out, they would always lock their doors. But at one point, they thought they kept forgetting to lock their front door. So, one day, Elizabeth was actually home alone because Christina was at work and they don't allow kids where she works, at the hospital. And Elizabeth was on vacation, so she didn't have any school. She hears a knock at the door and answers it. Who's there? But Karen and her demon-spawned Darren. This is the conversation that follows. Hello? Darren wants to use your computer, said Karen. Sorry, but my mum's not home right now. Um, come by later and see if she's home then. Look, I know she said we're not allowed to use the computer if she's not there, but you're here, so you can watch us. I'm sorry, but my mum said that I can't let you in. Oh, come on. Your mum doesn't have to know, said Darren. I'm sorry, but no means no. And I don't want to get in trouble if my mum comes home and he's still playing on it. Just come by later. Karen let out this exasperated groan and just dragged Darren away. Now, you would think that that's the end of it, but you've seen the title. We have three criminal charges here. So, about 10 minutes later, Elizabeth hears the door open and thinks her mum is home early or something. But when she goes downstairs to say hi, instead she's greeted with Karen going from a 1 to a 100 and pointing a freaking gun at her. Here's what follows. You're going to let my angel play on your computer now. Elizabeth kept her arms up, trying to de-escalate the situation. Okay, um, calm down. Put the gun down and take your kid to the computer. They later found that the gun wasn't actually loaded and belonged to the husband. But when someone is pointing a gun at you, I don't think you're going to want to call their bluff. Elizabeth then decided to go back up to her room, but Karen grabbed her. I'm not freaking done with you, you brat. Where do you keep the duct tape? 
This is around the points I thought that she might have been making up the story But she then showed me what happened on her security camera now I would show you guys the footage, but she wasn't comfortable with me showing it So elizabeth shows karen where the duct tape is and karen I kid you not ties elizabeth to a chair and tapes her mouth shut She said it had been hours before her mum showed up and by then they were gone They called the police immediately and when they confronted karen about it. She said this but that's my house They're just renting it out. Yep. She bald-faced lied to the police All it took was showing them the security footage and she was then charged with breaking and entering making a threat Pointing a gun at elizabeth and wrongful imprisonments I can't remember what happened to the son But I think he might have been put in juvenile detention since he was 16 It honestly astonishes me how psychotic this entitled parent was that she felt it was worth it to break and enter and wrongfully imprison a 16 17 year old girl Just so her kid could use a freaking computer I mean, I wish I was making this up because this is insane. Now, listen, guys, that is the end of the story. And I know what you're all thinking. That sounds like absolute bull. But one second, because OP has actually given us a little update. She says, I wasn't expecting this to pick up so much steam. And I do want to say a few things. One, the people who don't believe it, I can't blame you. This is very much a story that's asking for you to take my word for it. And I'm not going to ask you to take my word for it because I really don't care if you believe me or not. But I do want you to consider that, as I said, this took place four years ago. So if there are any holes in my story, they're most likely details I forgot with time. I'm only human after all. Wow, didn't know OP was a massive rag and bone man fan. Fair play. And two, the people who believe it, there's a surprising amount of you who believe this story. Honestly, even while typing this, I said to myself, I still can't believe this actually happened because it was escalated in an unbelievable way. You know what guys i just don't know is this real is this fake look you comment down below let me know what you think i'm undecided to be honest without the security camera footage it is quite hard to believe this one it does seem pretty exaggerated and unrealistic but hey i wasn't there I don't know if it happened. Maybe it did. All I will say is that if I do look at the comments, every question that is being put to her, she is answering and making it sound as if maybe this did happen. I really don't know. Comment down below. And now moving on to our second story of today's episode. Stepmom purposefully ruins my sister's birthday and trash talks me to my own mum. So a little backstory here. My parents divorced when I was four and my sister was two, but they always stayed on somewhat friendly terms for our sake. My mum had our custody, but we spent one weekend out of two with my dad and half of the vacations. When I was eight, my dad got together with the entitled mum of this story, my stepmom, and they stayed together for over 10 years. Now, she and us did not get along. To give you an idea, in high school, if I referred to her by her name to my friends, they wouldn't have any clue who I was talking about. However, if I said female dog, they knew instantly who I was talking about. So it was my sister's 15th birthday. And around that time, my sister wanted to reduce her meat consumption. And I told my parents about my interest with Yaoi to have permission to buy some. My mum said, okay, my dad didn't care. So I had some at both places and everyone knew about it. One issue that came back often with her and my dad is that they kept forgetting what me and my sister didn't like to eat probably a story for another time but one of my sister's big no-nos is foie gras she finds it unethical she hates the taste and the texture 
Unfortunately for her, we're French and foie gras is a staple of holiday meals. That year, we went to celebrate Christmas with our stepmom's family. And for a starter, we got a few liter of apple and foie gras. My sister declined, explaining that she didn't like foie gras and we moved on. Her birthday is on Valentine's Day. So what I'm about to tell you took place less than two months after that. So my mum always insisted that we celebrated our birthday with both her and my dad at the same time. It worked well and my stepmom wouldn't always be there every time because there would be too many guests. It was always my mum organizing it and my mum's family would always be there. My father's family lived in the south of France and couldn't go up to Paris, so it wasn't a real issue. But this year, my dad insisted that the birthday be held at his place and that he would take charge of it. Therefore, my stepmom ended up being in charge. Yikes. My sister asked for an apple crumble as a birthday cake, and my stepmom tells her that it's too much trouble and that she'll make an apple pie instead. Like she couldn't have just bought one or that my mum hadn't proposed to do it instead. She got her nickname for a reason. So we agreed that on Valentine's Day, we'll meet up at my dad's place. I am the first one to arrive and my stepmom and dad are setting up the dinner. Now I saw my stepmom cutting up some foie gras and the apple pie next to it. I thought that must be for the starters. Oh, hi stepmom. Um, did you forget that my sister actually hates foie gras? And then she looks me straight in the eye and says, Ah, your sister is such a pain in the butt. Then she started to drop foie gras onto the pie. I was so shocked and fuming that I went to my room until my sister arrived. I wanted to tear her a new one so bad, but I knew that my grandma would probably bring cakes from the bakery, so I stopped myself from causing a scene. When I came down later on, she was talking with my mum, and I overheard her saying how she didn't understand how she could approve of me reading Yaoi. Now look guys, I don't know too much about manga, but I think Yaoi is manga. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Clearly, I don't know. My mum told her that I was old enough to buy what I wanted with my own money. Stepmom then noticed me and left. Yeah, that's right. You better run. My mum just confirmed what I'd overheard and warned me and my sister about the pie. And we're all annoyed and apprehensive the rest of the evening. And then comes the dreaded moments of cake and gifts. My sister ignores the pie and gets served a slice of what my grandma brought. Then she got her presents from my dad and stepmom. A photo shoot. The thing is, stepmom offered the same thing to her daughter for her birthday. And my sister found the pictures too adult for her taste. The fly for the photo shoots was full of almost nude female models. So my mum, to spare my sister from refusing the gift herself, said that she didn't think it was age appropriate. Sorry, just trying to work out how old your sister is. Um, you said at the start that your parents divorced when you were four and your sister was two. When you were eight, your dad got together with the entitled mum and they stayed together for over 10 years. So that means that the maximum age that your sister could be at the moment of the story is 16. Yeah, that's a bit too young for a almost naked photo shoot. What the heck? Anyway, my stepmom nearly blew up when my mum said that and passively aggressively dismissed my mum's concerns, implying they were stupid and ungrateful. My sister ended up going to the photo shoots, but she got some pictures done more to her taste. And that was the last time that my stepmom was invited to our birthdays. Yeah, but genuinely, like, what is your dad actually doing? <laughs> like, your mum seems so nice, but this new stepmom is just like terrible. Why would you go from that? Why would you just downgrade that much? You know, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'll never understand men. 
That's the thing. You know what? Yeah, great logic shown there. Let me swap out someone who is really nice. Um, I get along with well and, you know, has a great relationship with our kids for someone that's just horrible and my kids hate. It makes a lot of sense. It really, really does. And now for our third and final story. Have a look at this for a title. Drunk Karen ruined a party, runs away drunk, and then freaking dies. Uh, zero to 100 real quick. How about that? This may sound too good to be true, but at least hear me out. Okay, if I have to. So, it's 2016. I was 19 at the time, and the adults were having a party. They decided to invite me since I'm no longer a minor. So before the story, I'm going to have to tell you a little bit about the entitled mum. She is an alcoholic single mother. She is almost always seen with a bottle of Jack Daniels every time. She has two kids. They're treated well physically, but not mentally. She's pretty rich, but she's a bad mother. She sometimes pours a bit of alcohol into her son's glass because of how drunk she is. I've been planning to call the child protective services, but my dad told me not to and that he can handle it himself, which he never does. My dad's friends also refuse to for some reason. So karma decided to help us in this story. So this was back in 2016 new years My dad threw a large party inviting my family and friends Even the entitled mum because he thought that this could be a chance for her to stop being an alcoholic By talking her through it in an attempt to send her to therapy Boy was he wrong. So the entitled mum came with her children and the party started My family friend had prepared two bottles of wine and one bottle of Munker shoulder whiskey. Not much because my family is never really a fan of alcohol. They usually just drink fresh juice and sometimes a homemade cocktail. A bit of mango juice, orange juice, Yakult and a bit of whiskey mixed together. Sounds nice. So while everyone is talking and having a great time, the entitled mum is just busy drinking the alcohol she brought along with the ones brought by my relatives and friends. I was just playing my trusty PS4. And then soon enough the entitled mum got drunk and everything started going down Her kids were just playing hide and seek with my little cousins And the entitled mum went upstairs and saw me playing mortal kombat x on the upstairs living room And then the entitled mum saw me do something very violent uh, Finish him if you know the game at that point She starts to yell at me and throw a hissy fit knowing full well that I am a grown adult Then, after hearing her scream, my dad and his friend came upstairs to see what was going on. The entitled mum proceeds to make a speech about how the game I was playing is torturing his brain with poison or something. So then she yeeted my controller to the stratosphere, breaking it. That was a custom that I'd paid good money for. Now, before she could get her hands on my PS4 itself, my dad yelled her name and told her to leave. The Karen wasn't buying it though and kept trying to break my stuff. So my dad threatened to call the cops. She just didn't care So we did really call them and the entitled mum ran outside took the car Forgetting her kids and if I recall correctly because we live in the suburbs The entitled mum was going full speed and crashed into a security gate Driving in the suburbs at night was like mario kart rainbow road If you're going slightly too fast one wrong move and it's game over It was nighttime and there are very little streetlights in the suburb One security guard was injured and the entitled mum actually passed away soon after Either by brain damage, neck got cracked or heart attack I think it was both neck and head It turns out that my dad wasn't actually calling the cops He just knew that the entitled mum was too dumb and was gonna fall for it But he didn't expect her to go off with a bang Thank god her kids stayed Or else there would be four victims in the crash The entitled mum's kids weren't entitled 
So my uncle actually ended up adopting them and he now has three kids I don't have the heart to tell my uncle's adopted kids that their mum died being a freaking idiot When the crash happened the kids were just at home playing my ps4 with a spare controller I had actually left my ps4 on when I was rushing to see the crash with my bike to the gates You see kids this is what happens if you drink too much alcohol you become a karen sincerely an alcohol enjoyer wow <laughs> wow again um what a roller coaster of a story uh, comment down below once more real or fake what are you thinking i don't know to be honest i did actually think this was all like a little rubbish and who knows it might be but then op said the line about thank god the entitled mum's kids stayed or else there'd be four victims in the crash and when he said that i was like hmm yeah a bit of emotion maybe it's real who knows i've got to say though uh, as someone who does enjoy a little bit of alcohol don't drink and drive fellas or to be honest you deserve to die don't just don't do it to be fair the more i look at this story the more it's pretty obvious it almost definitely isn't true but you know what who cares cool story i kind of enjoyed it it was fun okay not necessarily the bit where uh, the lady died uh although to be fair did she deserve it yeah justice entitled mother tried to get my mother fired for being white with black kids so i am a 21 year old woman my parents are both white they have kids and i am number six they adopted my little brother and i when we were babies my brother and i are mixed but what some call light-skinned black Anyway, this story happened when I was in elementary school. First of all, some backstory to help you understand my family. Being black and having white family, plus growing up in a prominently white area, had its challenges. Like my brother and I had swim passes, so sometimes my mum would drop us off at the pool and my dad would pick up and frequently would be stopped, asked for proof that he was our dad. It also didn't help that my mum was 48 when I was adopted. She had her last kid at 40 years old. So with that, my oldest brother is 20 years older than me. So I've got a nephew only a year younger than me and a month younger than my little brother. We get weird looks when we're out in public with my brother and I'm calling my mum, mum, and my nephew calling her grandma. So a lot of times people thought my older siblings thought my sisters were my mum. But anyway, now you're all caught up. In elementary school, my mum worked as a Title I teacher, which basically means she goes to one class in whatever grade a day for an hour to help kids read. She still does this and did the whole time my brother and I were in school. Now, most of my friends knew I was adopted. Figured they'd probably just ask their parents why I looked different. Well, one day when I was about in fourth grade, my mum came into my class. It was the first time for the school year, so people didn't realize she was my mum. I had a bad headache, so when she came in, I was relieved and shouted excitedly, Mummy, can I have some medicine? Some kids looked confused, but before I could explain, an entitled kid in my class said, Sometimes when a white woman and a black man make a baby, it comes out black. I was shocked, and as a little kid, I didn't really know how to respond. So I didn't I went over to my mum and she gave me some medicine that she had in her bag cue the entitled kid I need some medicine too My mother explained to her that she couldn't give her medicine because it was against school policy and that she could give me medicine Because she was my mum. She rolled her eyes and huffed back to her desk Now we thought that that was the end of it until the next morning each morning all the title one aides would meet up in the library to organize their stuff and chit chats I would come and sit with them a lot because I would get pretty bad earaches from being outside And that is when the kids entitled mum comes in 
Now, guys, the word that this entitled mum uses in this sentence is extremely offensive. Um, so offensive that I'm not even going to bother censoring it. Just going to blank the whole thing. You can probably use your imagination, though. You must be the blank lover. All the aids mouths dropped. I didn't know what that word meant at the time, but I could tell it was bad because of everyone's face. My mother told her not to use that language in front of me. The entitled mum rolled her eyes and began to demand to know why she wouldn't give her daughter some medicine if she was giving me some. My mother explained again. Then the entitled mum said, So because you chose a blank and made a child, they get medical help over my baby? I could see my mother getting upset. Again, if you continue to use that language, I'll have to get the principal involved, she said. The entitled mum smiled and said, fine, let's do it. So my mother and the entitled mum left and I didn't understand what had just happened. So I called my dad and tried to explain it. Now, my mum is the nice soft spoken type. My dad, on the other hand, had intense RBF and when angry, is very angry. Oh, today I learned that RBF stands for resting female dog face. Didn't know that. So my dad told me he was on his way. I waited in the front office for my parents. My dad got to the school before my mum came out and knocked on the door. The principal opened the door and then the lady saw my dad. When seeing my dad, my mum said, what are you doing here, hun? The entire mum's face looked like she'd seen a ghost. So is her daddy the milkman? Again, I didn't know what that meant, but I could tell by my dad's face he was not happy. The entitled mum then said, how else would she look like that? Gesturing at me and then turning to the principal. I mean, she obviously isn't a good example for the children, so you should fire her for the children's sake. My dad started laughing, which I knew wasn't a good sign when he was mad. He told me to go and find my brother, get my stuff, and then they closed the door. The bell had rang already, so the front desk lady gave me a note, and I went to my brother's class and got him. We both agreed to be on our best behavior since dad was mad. We sat on the bench, waiting, and then my parents came out. Are you fired, mum? I asked. Then my mum smiled. Of course not, but we are going home for today to talk. Sweet ditch day my parents took us to denny's for breakfast since we missed it because our school provided it they explained to us that some people just don't like the color of our skin and that it was never okay for us to be called that we got to stay home the next day i noticed that the entitled kid was moved class and found out that the entitled mum was kicked off the pta i have so many other stories about stuff like this but this was the first big incident well uh guys to be honest i don't even know really where to start with this story i don't know what just happened that's unbelievable the first thing that springs to mind is why is this mum not just being banned from the pta or whatever she should also 100 be being reported to the police it's just racist you can't say that it's a that's not legal and also is she just flat out stupid i mean clearly she is but um does she not know that you know people can adopt kids of other races or that two people of different ethnicities can get together and have a mixed race kid it is unbelievable scenes i know that but clearly it's something that she just doesn't know you lot that know me well will know that i am a quarter mauritian um so my granddad was born in mauritius uh if you've not seen him before this is what he looks like Uh, if you want to see more pictures of him by the way he dominates my instagram so um yeah link in the description for that so he is clearly dark-skinned my granny is light-skinned and then they produced this man my dad who's also on screen right now Uh, don't worry about him riding a camel he's just doing his thing 
All right. And then, yeah, look at me. Super white. My mum is also pretty white. Um, but incredibly, I have different ethnicities and races running through my family. It is unbelievable that that could even exist. So that's on the one hand. And then second of all, I mean, yeah, adoption. Have you heard of it? <laughs> you don't have to adopt someone that looks like you, for God's sake. It's just ridiculous. Um, what a story and what a start to the episode. And now moving on to our second story. Entitled mother wants me to apologize and go home because she doesn't want to wash the dishes and clothes Father flies back and releases hell on her. So a little background I left home after my aunt confronted my mother about the lack of punishment on my brother For filming me change and sharing that video with his friends Honestly, I mean, what a start to a story. Wow My mother called the police on my aunt and i'm now currently in a youth home which no one knows where it is except my aunts. Uh, my family has cut contact with her and my brother. What? What a paragraph. So into this story. So are we just going to... Okay, fine. I've been going low contact with my mother and no contacts other than leaving my brother on red. My mother has been spamming my phone, telling me she will let me come home if I apologize for making a scene and to apologize to the rest of my family for making them go through this. I ignored her. She later calls me and here is how it goes come home your tantrum has gone too far you need to apologize and get a grip and come home i just listen i don't reply i said come home and apologize now no i cut the call she calls back after 15 minutes i pick up and listen for a while until this hits come home now i don't want to wash dishes and do laundry and cook while i work it's tiring you used to do all that when your grandma was not here and she's not here so you have to do it i'm just silence do you hear me you ungrateful child you better i cut her off no you listen to me and you remember i will never go home to you and i'll never go near you and him ever again take this as a courtesy notice i'm no longer your daughter you'll never see me or hear from me again i hang up and blocked her number two days later my aunt messaged me and told me my dad was at her door now i've not seen him since i was five after my parents got divorced on the grounds of his affair and my family hates him for that my aunt was fuming that he showed his face at her door he asked nicely to know where i am and to go and see me my aunt of course in her fashion laid into him about his affair He took it and apologized and asked again for my whereabouts My aunt messaged me to say if I was okay with my dad knowing where I was I told her it would be fine if we met at a cafe or restaurant nearby So we met today and had a nice breakfast He asked me what was wrong and why i'd run away now. I thought he knew so I said, what do you think? He said that my mum told him that I got scolded and grounded for something and was annoyed So I ran away and it was probably teenage angst according to my mum I was freaking dumbfounded. I told him that's not even close to why. I told him everything, everything that happened after, what she did, or more like didn't do, and how she reacted when I tried to tell her I felt unsafe. He was freaking fuming. He was annoyed for the fact that he didn't know about it earlier, and for the fact that my entitled mum tried to lie and get him to coerce me into going home. After the meeting, he told me he was going to her house and that he was going to confront her. 
He said he would take me away with him and threatened to sue her for abuse because some of the things that she did to me were clause for emotional and psychological abuse. He's also threatening to cut off my brother's education fund and transfer it instead to me for me to use. He left and I don't know what happened afterwards, but I think he's going to speak to his lawyers and me soon. All right, little update here as well. My aunt told me my mother and father have both been arrested. Apparently, my father went to my mum's house to tell her he isn't going to help control his child. She said he's going to have to be a good dad and get her daughter to come home so that they can be a happy family. And she added, that's the least that you can do for us. My dad blew up at that comment. He said something like, you are the one that needs to pull up and protect both your children. Not only one. And I couldn't see them because of you too. This led to a screaming match and the neighbors called the police. They came and separated both of them and took them to the station. My dad called one of his friends to bail him out and my egg donor called her sister, my other aunt, who refused to help her and bail her out. So egg donor stayed in the station overnight while my brother spent the night at the station as well. I'm not sure if this is right, but I believe that OP is now calling their entitled mum egg donor, you know, trying to distance themselves as much as possible from that relationship. Now, it's also come to my attention that some of the comments on this post were right. Egg donor got a restriction order on my dad, citing mental instability. He had PTSD from a work incident that happened to him when he was 25. Egg donor won. The stipulated guideline was he couldn't have contact with us unless contacted first. She never gave us his number or means to contact him. Unless it was when she passed me the phone to call him to ask him to give her more money for our children, which I don't even know what happened to. Egg donor then made up lies, telling us that he abandoned us. I freaking hope that night in jail gave her a hard slap to the face. And I guys don't even think about clicking off this episode because look, we have an update to this story. Just four days ago, Opie has posted this. Egg donor and father got arrested and the truth about their divorce came out. The truth came out that my father did not actually abandon us. Egg donor had a restriction order on him based on the fact of his PTSD from that work incident 20 years prior at the time of their divorce. The order stated, as we already heard, that he cannot contact us unless we contact him first. Now, guys, just to confirm, OP is indeed talking about her mum here when she is using the term egg donor. So she goes on again to say about how her mum didn't even give them a contact number. And at the end, she adds, she told us and her family he left the country and didn't want anything to do with us. So to a five to six year old girl, it sounded as if he dropped us and ran which he didn't willingly do. Actually, she forced him to leave the country because she kept threatening, physically and emotionally, him and his job and his circle of friends. She then proceeded to tell us and the whole family that he'd fled and had no intention of coming back. From my father's side, he said he was wrong to cheat and that it was unfair on my mum and his children. But because Egg Donor threatened to kill him or send him to jail for life if he ever returned, he had to leave but he did set up education funds and other funds so that we were set for life, or at least until we were 21 or 25. Now he has full control over them and we get control of them when we graduate university or when we decide to stop studying and presumably start to work. The leftover funds will be given to us to use as we see fit. But after this event, I am meeting with a therapist and I get a report to say that all the things my egg donor and brother did has given me some kind of trauma. 
and has affected my mental health. Yeah, I'm not surprised. This report would be a better and more solid evidence of her actions. My father is also meeting with his lawyers to change his will to give the egg donor nothing and my brother a little money so he can't dispute that he was cut completely. I'm also going to meet with another of my dad's lawyers to potentially charge my brother with non-consensual prawn or sexual harassment and my mother with emotional and psychological abuse. Wish me luck. And if I win, I'm moving out of the youth home into a house that my father is willing to rent for me until he can get his affair in order to come back to our country. But he is willing to pay for my expenses until I graduate uni, which is at least two to three years away. Okay, wow, just like what an insane post that is. That that two-parter, oh my god. I mean, the thing is, it's not even close to being done, really. There's so much more that still has to go in that story. Can't wait to find out what happens. That is actually insane. Guys, I'm tempted to say, you know, get 2,000 likes on this video and I'll follow up with the next part, but I don't care. I'll do it for my own sake. I'm that interested in the story. So if we can hit one like on this video, I will bring you the next part when it's posted. That's a promise. It's just like, it's actually mental. What your brother did was bad enough. I mean, it's that shockingly bad. Your mum protecting him, crazy. Then it being revealed that she was the one who actually forced your dad to leave the country and that he didn't willingly ditch you guys at all. Oh my God. I don't even know how you would live with this sort of stuff. Of course you have it like mental. Oh, insane, insane. What a story. I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of this OP and that you're still going through all of it. But yes, I wish you the best of luck with it. I can't wait to hear what happens. And to be honest, I really, really think and hope, obviously, that you're going to be successful. You've got a great case. Good luck. Lady defends son's trashy TikTok trend. Hello, I am a 14-year-old boy and I go to a middle school elementary school, basically both combined. And due to the TikTok trend, Devious Lick, a fifth grader who I will call Isaiah grabbed my phone and ran off, shouting, Devious Lick mother effer. I chase the kid down and smack him. I start shouting at him about how he shouldn't be doing that type of stuff. He then runs off towards the direction of the main office. When I get home that evening, he messages me through his computer or phone and starts talking smack. Lol, you so weak, kid. And I respond to him, telling him to F off. Then he immediately started to say that he would deck me with his friend. Next day, I go to school only to get called into the front office and the kid with his mum are there looking at me. Then the dean tells me to apologize for smacking the kid and I argue that he tried to steal my phone. The lady then immediately starts a screaming rant, including, you Mexican cholo, apologize. I tell the lady that her trashy son tried stealing my phone, but she says, okay, but you didn't have to do that. It was just a harmless prank that you kids like these days. And that is why I have a two day suspension. All right, so before I even talk about the story there, first of all, I don't know what the devious lick trend is and I need to know more. So I'm gonna watch a video on it and see what it is. Oh, am I really clicking on this? Devious licks TikTok compilation. Okay, just hit this absolutely duplicitous lick. Principal ain't going home today. And was he got a drill? And for the benefit of those listening on audio, all he's done there is just unscrew some bolts on his principal's car wheels. You guys are all still doing these small licks. Is it just like annoying people for the sake of it? Is that what it is? We've got this guy now attacking a... He's just... So he's just stolen a police car. What is go, What is this trend? First week of school and already hit the most despicable lick. What are we... What is going... Are we just... Is, that, is this just stealing? What, what are they stolen? A car door? What is what is this trend? Just hit the most ungodly lick 
you stole someone <laughs> oh my god okay all right that one's actually like semi-funny i mean put it in the bin oh okay that was actually semi-decent i'm not gonna lie i hope you gave them back is what i'll say what a trend just stealing stuff tiktok man it's so elite all right so i, I kind of get the trend a little bit like i've seen better trends that's all i'm gonna say but <sighs> weird 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 trend weird app let's be realistic now moving on to our second entitled people story sister tries to have me arrested so she can go party then tries to break in and steal our stuff we come from a big new york italian family my older sister and i are total polar opposites she was boisterous very well endowed from a young age very popular very full of herself and self-obsessed never finishes anything never finished school can't hold a job etc i was very small thin tomboyish uncoordinated clumsy very shy bookworm i didn't have many friends and i usually wandered alone somewhere or i was reading i've had a job since i was 13 long story but this all ties in as it's only within a few days of it all happening so moving on we are both adults and are both married my sister has a son and i'm pregnant with my first child after giving birth we move back to the city my family lives in My older sister is having marital issues and is actually getting ready to leave her husband My husband and I had a decent sized house that we were renting from my uncle A friend of ours from college was staying in one of the rooms after a discussion We decided to invite my sister and her son who was almost five to move in with us as a live-in nanny We let her know that she wouldn't have to pay any rent or utilities and that she would need to watch my daughter whenever we needed to work she readily agreed my husband and i worked opposite shifts so this was perfect for us we moved her in right away we had her sign a paper agreeing to the whole thing nothing technically legal but just something that we could refer to later if needed things went south pretty quickly i'll be paraphrasing as this was a long time ago and exact wording won't be possible but it's pretty spot on firstly let me note that my older sister had gained a substantial amount of weight which made certain areas of her upper torso much larger than before, like double G large. We get up one morning to make coffee. Our roommate is already up. My sister comes out wearing nothing but a very baggy tank top and underwear that was much too small. Things were hanging out everywhere. My husband spit his coffee out. Our roommate walked in and then immediately walked back out. And I told my sister to go and put on some clothes. She huffed put her hands on her hips and loudly yelled this is my house too i'll dress how i want i told her to take some pride in herself and go and put some dang clothes on she stomped off like a little kid dressed and came back out my husband asked me loudly on purpose so that my sister would hear this isn't going to be a problem with her going forward is it i looked her dead in the face and said it better not be right she looked at me rolled her eyes and said fine but that just means that these idiots pointing at my husband and roommates don't know what they're missing still full of herself fantastic now this has only been about two weeks since moving her in by the way the next day our roommate came to us and said that he believed my sister may have taken money from his room he stated that he'd only left a small amount of cash on his nightstand and it was now gone his door was always closed but it was open when he came home My sister, unfortunately, has stolen cash from me many times when we were kids growing up, so I knew it was probably her. I went to confront her about it, knowing full well that she took it. Again, she immediately started off by yelling as loudly as she could, I did not steal anyone's money. 
You always blame me for this and you never have any proof. Her son came running around the corner with a fistful of dollars and a big smile. Is this the money, mama? The money you said we could go and get McDonald's with? I stared at her and then at my nephew. She walked over to him, took the money from him and told me, this is my money. I I already had this before I moved in. The one thing she hadn't noticed was mixed in with the US dollars. Some Mexican pesos. Our roommate's family lived in Tucson, Arizona. His father was a professor at U of A and was of Mexican descent. They would often go south of the border to visit as they had a very large extended family. I quickly snatched the money from my sister's hands. I examined it and when I pulled out the pesos, I again stared at her. I said, and just what did you think you were going to do with these? She slammed her fist on the wall and told me to go F off in Italian and stomped off and slammed her door. My nephew stood there, almost in tears. He was scared and upset. He and I had had a wonderful relationship, so I sat him down and told him that everything was okay and not to worry. I'd bring him to McDonald's and get him the best happy meal ever. This brightened him up and he went skipping off. The next day, we started our work week. I gave my sister our schedules. I went over everything with her. As my daughter had been premature, there was a little bit of extra care involved. She was a few months old now, but she was very small and had a severe lactose allergy. My sister then mentioned that a friend of hers wanted her to go out and party the next night. I told her that she knew she had to watch the baby. She knew several weeks ahead of time what my schedule was and that she'd agreed to it. She said, I never get to go anywhere. And now that I'm free of that man, I want to go party. Can't you have that guy who lives here watch her? I said, that guy is our friend. He's not in town and it's not his job to watch our daughter. It's literally your job. You agree to live here rent-free to watch her whenever we need it. She rolled her eyes and stated, This is ridiculous. It's one dang night. Can't you figure something else out? I said, If you would like to pay for a babysitter to come over, then fine. But if not, then you will do as you agreed. Fine, she said. Everything went fine the first night. I came home, baby asleep, sister and nephew asleep. Note on the fridge from my husband stating that all seemed good. I go to bed. I'm woken up about three hours later to hear several children screaming and laughing. I get up and go out to the living room to see that I have a house full of children and some of my sister's friends, including the one friend that wanted her to party sitting on the couch and chairs. I immediately said, what in the heck is going on? My sister and her friends look up. One of the friends say, "Uh uh-oh, party police. I grab my sister's arm and pull her to the kitchen. What in the F is going on here? I am trying to sleep. She replies, since I cannot leave, I invited my friends over to have some fun. I'm really irritated at this point. Your friends need to leave immediately. You did not ask if you could bring all these people here and it's a work day, night for us. Have some freaking respect. And you know my daughter can't have a bunch of people around her. She's still too vulnerable. My sister waves her hand and replies, Oh, give it a goddamn rest. She's in her crib. No one's near here. And I need my friends. I need to socialize. I haven't been able to have fun in years. I insisted again that her friends leave now. I reminded my sister that no matter what she thinks, this is my house. She stomps off again and asks everyone to leave. I get up to go to work that evening. Everything seems to be fine. My nephew bounces in, happy as always, thrilled with his Happy Meal toy we got him the other day. My sister brushes past me. 
literally bumping my shoulder i stare at her again she mumbles something under her breath and heads to the kitchen i walk in after her and she turns and stares at me she slams a jar on the counter and immediately starts yelling at me i didn't know i was going to have to watch your dang kid all the time i want to go and do my own thing shocked i asked her at what point did she not understand that she'd be a live-in nanny to watch the baby whenever we were working but that's not the dang point i know what i said but i didn't think you were serious i said fine we'll talk when i get home in the morning from work and figure out where we need to go from here i got my things and i left two hours later i get a call at work from someone identifying themselves as a police officer They're asking me to come home due to an incident at the house I arrive about 30 minutes later to see three police cruisers lights on several officers milling around my home My older sister is standing next to an officer talking and my roommate who appears to have just come back from out of town Is talking to another officer. My husband is also now arriving back from school A police sergeant walks up to me and asks my name and I tell him who I am He asked me to follow him over to where my sister is While following the officer, I notice a few dozen yards away, the friend my sister wanted to go party with parked in her car, watching. The officer directs me to where my sister is. I wander over and immediately my sister starts yelling at me. How could you do that? How could you just leave her like that? What is wrong with you? I stand frozen, not understanding the situation yet. The officer looks at me and asks me where I've been. I tell him I was at work. The officer asks if I make it a habit to leave my infant alone at home while working. It finally dawns on me what is going on. I tell the officer, absolutely not, never. My sister here was hired to be our live-in nanny and was to be watching her tonight. She watched her last night as well. She has the schedule in detail and we've discussed everything at length. My sister immediately shouts, that's a lie. I had no idea you were going to work. I was leaving with my friend to go out for the night when I heard the baby cry. I had no idea you left her here. I figured you guys had gone out for the night. Our roommate and my husband join us. My roommate says he came home to find my sister on the phone with the police, saying that I had abandoned the baby. And my sister's friend was in the house telling her to hurry so they wouldn't miss the drink specials at a local bar. My husband goes in the house with an officer, shows him our work schedule on the fridge, my sister's room, and the baby's crib in her room. He then shows him the paper we had her sign with all the agreed to info. Another officer goes over to the car parked down the streets and tells the friend to come over. The officer starts to question the friend about the phone call. My sister immediately starts yelling, She has nothing to do with this. She came here to pick me up and we both heard the baby crying. I tell the officer that this is par for the course with my sister. She made all this up. My sister again starts screaming at the top of her lungs. This is all a lie. I don't know what she's telling you, but it's a lie. I had no idea the baby was here alone. And then she starts to fake cry. And just as things seem ridiculous enough, My nephew is brought out crying, telling the officer holding him, but mummy said it was okay to leave the baby, that auntie would be home soon and we were going to go out. I started to laugh. I almost bent over laughing as my sister reached for her son, saying, he doesn't know what he's saying. But my nephew just said, mummy, don't lie. You said you were going to go play. That was awesome. The look on her face and the officer's faces was priceless. My sister had fabricated this ridiculous story and called the police also she didn't have to work and could go out drinking 
The crib was in her room the work schedule and the signed paper plus out of the mouths of babes My nephew telling his mummy not to lie in front of a half dozen police officers. Yeah, I was annoyed But I was laughing now the officers were pretty angry now too, realizing the situation I told them I wanted my sister off my property. She wasn't on the lease They escorted her into the house and had her pack up the few belongings that she came with which wasn't much Just clothes hygiene stuff and a few personal knickknacks I walked up to my sister with the signed agreement tore it in half and handed it to her I told her that she was never welcome back and I wanted nothing to do with her ever again She could go with her friend. She was escorted off the lawn I told the officers I didn't want to press any charges She had no money and nowhere to go other than her friend. That was more than enough. The police eventually left My husband roommate and I go and sit in the living room staring at each other. We have no words We just sit for a while the next day. My husband is off at work. My roommate is sleeping in I take the baby to go to a doctor's appointment and the grocery store then to stop at my dad's place for a brief visit I left a note on the fridge letting my roommate know where I was Just as I arrive at my dad's he jogs down the driveway and says better go home your roommate calls Ah, it takes me about 15 minutes to get home and standing in front of the door is my sister Screaming at the top of her lungs with two police officers on either side of her I drive up and get out of my car My sister immediately tries to rush at me screaming obscenities in italian at me now We didn't even learn that much growing up, but we can cuss like truckers in italian The officers stop her my roommate comes around from the backyard having come out of the back door instead of the front where my sister was I ask what the heck is going on? Neighbors are now coming out to see what's going on So my roommate had called the police because my sister tried to kick in the door She said that we had all of her electronic equipment in there and that this was her house and that we illegally removed her When he wouldn't let her in she began kicking and pounding on the door screaming at the top of her lungs My husband had a very nice stereo setup with a multi-disc cd player speakers subwoofers tuner several dozen cds and more We had a new large tv with several video game consoles vhs players and a bookshelf full of movies and video games Yeah, by the way you lot comment down below if you know what a vhs player is And if you don't know what a vhs player is try and guess what it is. I'm actually interested Anyway, turns out my sister was attempting to break into the house and steal all of it She was unhinged at this point. She was so incensed that spit was flying from her mouth when she was screaming dare you do this to me these are all my things you stole everything from me you're a liar and a thief telling the police on me i'll get you for this i'm gonna have you evicted i'm calling dad he'll have his brother kick you out you'll be on the streets on the street you dogs the police ask us if she's on the lease We tell them no and give them the report from last night The officer looks at the reports nods and says oh This is that place. Uh, yeah, we heard about this. Is this the same lady that called in the false report last night? I tell him yep same person. He then asks if I would like to trespass her and I told him absolutely He turns to her while his partner takes out some papers and starts writing He gives her the spiel regarding the trespass order The officer looks at me and I walk over and quietly say See that car parked two houses down? Yeah, that one. 
Can you issue the driver a trespass order too? That's the other person from last night. He then walks over to that car. They tell my sister if they have one more incident with her, she will be under arrest. She stomps off down the street to her friend's car, literally screaming at the top of her lungs every obscenity you can imagine in English and Italian. We thank the officers and they take off. I talk to my neighbors and apologize for the trouble. Most of them are elderly and very understanding. A retired Navy officer next door says that he'll be happy to keep an eye on the house for us when we aren't home. I thank him profusely. He pats his truck and says, your sister is a nut. I agreed. I head back over to my dad's place to visit and go over the last two days events. While my baby is inside sleeping, my dad and I go to his garage to do some work on a project car of his. Now being the only kid of his who knows how to work on cars, this is our thing. We bust a few knuckles, have a couple drinks, and shoot the poop for a while. A couple hours later, we hear a car screech to a stop in front of his house. He has a very long dirt driveway, so the car was still on pavements. Out jumps my sister, red-faced and fuming mad. She immediately starts stomping down the driveway, fists balled up. My dad and I are sitting on the edge of the car near the engine, hood up, staring at her. She starts screaming. Did she tell you she kicked me and your grandson out on the street? Did she tell you she lied to the police about abandoning her daughter? Did she tell you she called the police on me when I tried to get things she stole from me? I am the victim here, not her. I want her evicted from my uncle's house. I want you to call him now and kick her out. She's got no right to do this to me. No right to be there. My dad looks down at me and I shrug. My sister stops about 30 feet in front of us. She literally starts jumping up and down. I want her kicked out now. Now, now, now. Seeing a 25-year-old woman jumping up and down, screaming like a two-year-old, was quite the sight. My dad looks at her. My dad can look at you and make your bones freeze. My sister immediately stops. He says, no. That was it. Just no. He then just turns around and starts working on the car again. I smirked at my sister. Enraged, she starts screaming obscenities at me again. My dad slowly turns around, takes two steps towards her, and in a deep, loud, reverberating voice, says, Basta! Which pretty much translates as, Enough. You will not behave in this manner. You will not talk to your sister until you can be civil. Go away now. You do not disobey my dad, ever. My sister, still red-faced, turns around and walks off to the car and gets in. Her friend revs the engine of her very old, beat-up sedan, screams F you both and takes off. My dad turns around and says, well, how about some pizza? Takes another drink and goes back to working on the engine. I literally haven't spoken to my sister since this event. And my daughter is now 27. Well, the first thing that springs to my mind there is that I really hope your nephew is okay because he actually sounded like a pretty good kid. Just has a horrible, horrible mother. Best of luck to him because it's going to be a tough life. Anyway, the first 18 years, that is. But hey, hopefully you can get through it. Seems like a nice kid. You get on well. Maybe just take him away from his mum at some point. Or don't do that. But you know, help him out. I mean, to be fair, I'm just looking through the comments and someone has said, can I ask what happened to your nephew? Because obviously this was a long time ago. I hope he wasn't too traumatized and had escaped relatively unscathed from his entitled mum, Opie replied, he is a fantastic man and he grew up just fine. That's amazing. Head chef at a restaurant, 
kids of his own. We talk all the time and he comes out to visit from time to time. Phenomenal news. Could not have asked for anything more. I tell you what, this is the good thing about stories that are really old. Like how long ago did this happen? Over 20 years ago. And um, yeah, now we know the result. Brilliant. Ah, oh, and here we go. Someone has asked what happened to your sister. Must have an inkling to know a bit. I completely agree. So she lives in a very small town back east and is still the same. Always scheming to find the easy way out of being an adult. Last I heard, she was trying to figure out a way to get on disability so she didn't have to work. So just a terrible person, really. Yeah, we knew that already. Fair enough. It's pretty crazy, though, how in like 20 years, she just hasn't changed at all. Why? Surely at some point you have a little bit of, you know, self-reflection. You're like, oh, actually, I've not been the greatest person over the last two decades. Who knows? I wouldn't pay my fiance's mother $5,000. So she ruined my life. Now I'm homeless. This story is extremely hard for me to tell because I'm still feeling the effects of it. However, I feel like I need to because this story features the most entitled parents I've ever met in my entire life. This is the story of how my life has been ruined because, like the title states, I refuse to pay my fiance's mother $5,000. It started out simply enough. In August of 2019, when my fiance and I were dating, my parents, who I was staying with at the time to care for my stepmother after a surgery, another story for this subreddit in itself, wanted me to leave because they couldn't have sex as often as they wished. They told me this in a very abrupt manner and expected me to leave fairly quickly, giving me no time to prepare. My fiance kindly asked his mother, who he was staying with, if I could live with them long enough for us to get an apartment together. He stressed to her that it would be difficult for us to get an apartment ourselves, just starting out, and that while we could cover all the monetary expenses, we'd still most likely need a cosigner. She promised both me and him that if we couldn't qualify for an apartment by ourselves, she would co-sign for us. So I moved from Illinois to Florida. Within a week of being in the house, my fiance's mother made our lives a living hell. Despite me landing a job within a week and having to work late nights for that job, she'd come into the living room each morning at varying stupidly early hours to tell us we needed to do something productive while she went back to sleep until 9am. She would complain that we weren't cleaning the dishes we had used to make a meal that we had just made and were still eating. She gaslight and pick petty fights with my fiance, then play the victim like a true narcissist. It got so bad that a few weeks in, we decided to rent a hotel for the weekend just to get away from her and have some alone time. We had our apartment picked out anyway, All we'd need to do when we got back was sign some paperwork and we'd be away from her, right? Wrong. After the weekend, my fiance's mother drove us back to her house. On the drive back, she sprung something on me. She wanted us to pay her $5,000. For context, my fiance was going to be receiving a $9,000 medical settlement a few months from that point. Before he met me, he told his mother that if he was still single, he would give her $5,000 towards a trailer that they'd both own and live in together. Since my spouse and I were dating and very serious at the time, this was extremely confusing that she would now demand this. My fiance tried to explain to her that he'd only promised to give her money if he was single. She was having none of it and attempted to gaslight him about it. When that didn't work, she turned to me and requested that I pay her $5,000. Now, I only had about that much money in my bank at the time, so I couldn't do that and pay rent on an apartment at the same time. When she realized she couldn't squeeze blood from a stone, my fiance's mother finally declared, 
Well, I guess you don't have a co-signer then. With my fiance being on SSI due to injuries that left him disabled and me making minimum wage, her refusing to co-sign on an apartment essentially left us without any housing options. Florida requires applicants to make three times the price of the rent on any given place and rent in our area is very high Finding a roommate situation that accepts couples is now an impossible and renting houses were out as well Once again due to not having enough income my fiance's mother's behavior worsened with nowhere to go We jumped ship and moved to a local hotel, but only three months of this drained our finances We then couch surfed with some of my fiance's acquaintances, but a lot of them were not good people and we were used and stolen from several times. We ended up sleeping in the deep freezer of an abandoned Hooters until the building was almost torn down on us by construction workers one day. After that, my fiance's mother bought us a tent. A tent? Oh my God, how nice of her. And we ended up living in the woods while I tried to hold down my job. My word, a tent. That, wow. We've been homeless on and off for two years now. I've been assaulted twice because being homeless has put us in dangerous and unsafe situations. I've witnessed someone almost shoot my spouse. My fiance's mother didn't care. It even seemed like she enjoyed watching us suffer. Finally, in early 2020, when we were practically begging on our knees, my fiance's mother co-signed on an apartment a two-bedroom model we couldn't afford, but she insisted it was that or nothing. But after everything was finalized, she told us we couldn't have roommates. We had to try and keep ourselves afloat during the pandemic, something that ruined my finances more than they already were. When our lease ended in April, my fiance's mum insisted she fulfilled her promise, so she has no obligation to help us, even if that action consigned us to the streets again. We're homeless again now, and she continues to lie about us to the rest of the family, saying we ruined the apartments, which we left in perfect condition, and saying that is the reason she won't co-sign for us again. So, to tie up this story, I found out recently that refusing to co-sign and watching our finances dwindle was very much intentional on the mother's part. During the weekend, my fiance and I went to the hotel for our weekend escape. His mother went to a family get-together. Now, we weren't invited to this event. My fiance has DID in addition to his physical limitations, and the rest of his family ostracizes him because he is crazy. He's a DID system who has well-behaved alters who all work well together. So this is utterly ridiculous, but they've treated him this way his whole life. DID, by the way, is Disassociative Identity Disorder, so pretty much Multiple Personality Disorder. During that family event, someone joked that I probably had more money than my fiance's mother. The woman gets $5,000 a month due to a combination of retirement pension and money she inherited from her late husband. I doubt it. According to a family member, she calmly said in response, Let's see how much money that, insert Gaysler here, has when I'm done with her. All right, well, you lot know what I'm like. Normally, I try and have a little bit of a joke with the commentary after the stories, but um, this one, I obviously can't. That was actually mental. I can't believe that someone would put you through that. Buying a tent, that's just like nailing the coffin. I'm not gonna help you get a house, but here, have this tent and go and sleep outside with my son, your fiance. 
what the what listen i hope that you two can find a way to get some sort of long-term living arrangement and just not even have to think about your fiance's mother because what a terrible terrible person i need an update because oh it's just like you're just you're just stuck in the moment what can you do you need her but also she's horrible terrible absolutely terrible i'm so sorry for you and now moving on to our second story of today's episode Mum says that i can't get a higher paying job all because i would move out if you think the title is bad just wait this is more of an event so forgive me in advance so my mum had insisted that i stay with her for my job during lockdown it's still going on where i live so i did and i regretted it to the point that i'm losing more money than my job can pay me i've got a job at amazon in their distribution center Basically, I sort the packages to get to the customer's residence. I have the night shift. It sucks. I have mental health issues and the night shift plus stress from mum plus the drive just made me look elsewhere for work. I found a good job that pays more, about 880 more than what I make now. It's in the daytime. That's the best bit. And that's where the problems start. So my current job has me drive a hundred miles round trip and eats my gas and mileage like Pac-Man and his pellets. I get roughly $19 an hour, but the reason this is worse, mum expects me to pay her $500 a week for rent. My paycheck is roughly $760. Take away that $500 and I'd have $260 left. After making payments on my car, which is $180, I have to pay $80 for gas. Gas where I am is $3.98 a gallon. I use up nearly $60 to fill up from when the gas light turns on to full. So yeah, I need somewhere else. Now my new job, which I start three days after writing this, is in the day and is remote. I can work from home as long as I have a computer of sorts, a smartphone and internet. The job pays more and my mother saw my texts to my grandparents about it. Well, guess who decides to tear me a new one? If your guest was my entitled mother of a mother, you'd be right. Now my mum doesn't take care of the house, at least since I came back. I had to vacuum, fix anything that breaks, mow the lawn, cook, and take care of my sister. That doesn't sound like an entitled mum. That sounds like you being a member of the household, you cry. I know that's what you're thinking. Well, let's put her back to the ways of an entitled parent. Number one, mowing the lawn has to be done on Fridays between 9 and 10 a.m. My night shift doesn't let out until 11.50, and even then, it's a 40-minute drive if there's no traffic. With traffic, I'd be lucky to be home before 2.30pm. So I get chewed out for not having it done then. Number two, I can't get any sleep until I finish my chores. Now I need to sleep from 5pm to 11.30pm so I can get enough sleep. But she won't let me go to bed until well after 9 o'clock. So on two and a half hours of sleep, I have to drive 50 effing miles on a busy highway that's under construction, mind you. Three, I have no personal property. I have a phone that she bought me as a 17th birthday present. She's now handing me the bill for the dang phone. She bought me an iPhone XR, brand new for like $1,000. I got a military grade protector case and a shatterproof screen cover. She demanded that I turn off my passwords for all of my devices that I paid for. So aside from the $500 rent, I now have to pay $1,000 for a birthday gift to me and she adds 50 dollars a week for interest number four she has to read all of my emails texts see all of my contacts hear every phone call on speaker and can use my laptop as she likes i had to purchase antivirus software after i got nine on my laptop 
she gets into my spam and clicks the links you know the you want a free ipad click here to receive it i had to use money that i don't even have to purchase antivirus software that keeps the viruses off the system five any food that i buy she eats instantly claiming that it's her reward for raising me and six my nintendo switch that i bought and have a five-year warranty on was sold to a pawn shop instead of my login info credit card paypal about 259 dollars and 98 cents in gift cards and over 400 dollars in reward points and an 89 dollar 512 gigabytes micro sd card my switch was worth a lot and she sold it for 50 dollars Yes, $50. But thank God that when they booted it up, they saw my contact info in the account settings. I got called asking why it was sold with all of that still on it. I told them that I didn't sell it and that I had a warranty for another three years on it. Well, I got it back without any hassle. Now, the Switch itself was my purchase. Everything else was family members sending me gift cards after gift cards for it. Needless to say that this new job is my ticket out of her. I put in my two weeks notice already, so I'm ready for the new job. I just can't pay her the ridiculous fees and save up enough to get an apartment to get away. I'm going no contact with her. Not my sister, but her. Now, seeing that this new job is better pay, and in the day when she's at her job, she decides that I have to stay with Amazon because I can't do remote work from her house. So, apartment hunting I go. I got a car, but she holds the title deed. It's her car, but I'm shelling out hundreds a month so she doesn't have to pay for it. Well, guess who has to get a new car? Without her name on it? Me. I want to get out of this hellhole, but she's emotionally and mentally manipulative. She says that this new job isn't going to pay me this right off the bat. The paycheck is what management, HR, and I agreed upon though. Like it's in my contract, and if they violate it, that's a hefty fine. She then tells me that no, the hours are fake. Once again, agreed upon and in my contract, 38 to 40 hours a week. Anymore and I get paid overtime. Now she's trying to get family members involved to get me to stay with Amazon. They all say she's crazy. Well, now that I don't have her crazy friend group on Facebook anymore, that think I'm a minor, I can go and grab a beer whenever I want. So yeah, she's a mother of the year material. I hate her. Yeah, not surprised, pal. Um, sack that cow off as quickly as you can. Seriously. This is quite similar to the first story, actually. You're just in a much better position because you actually know that you can get a better job. You're about to start one anyway and have the finances to actually leave, get your own place, live your own life, kill your mother. I mean, don't do that, but think about it. Seriously, think about it. It's, it's an option. It really is. Uh, promoting violence. Is that something that I stand for? I'm going to go with yes. Again, just like the first story, I'd absolutely love to see an update when, you know, it's been a bit of time to see if you've been able to get out of that absolute hellhole that your mother's created. My God, what a terrible, terrible person. Trying to get your entire family to say, no, don't get that promotion to a much better job that will massively improve your life. Stay where you are. What is with that? Do not take my memory of her. Before I begin the story, there is need of some context. I'm a male in my 30s living north of the states that this happened in. This story took place about six years ago, so my memory may be a bit fuzzy. I had only fallen in love with one woman, whom we'll call Samantha. Now, Samantha was perfect in every way. She was smart, funny, beautiful, and we had very close interests in the same things, such as the same type of music and food tastes and more. Plus, we enjoyed the casual live-action role-playing. She and I met in high school and had fallen in love months later. She was 4'11 and I'm 5'11, but our shirts and hoodies fit one another. This will be important for later. We were together for about five years. 
but she developed stage 4 neurofibromatosis, a nerve cancer, and died two months after being admitted into the hospital. What she had left that was in my possession are memories, and the only thing I have to keep some connection with her, as I live across the country from where her grave is. Now, onto the story. At the time this happened, I was in good old Southern California, dealing with the blazing heats and the burning sun. However, I was about to be moving to a cool estate, so I was doing some preparations. I went to several stores that sold cooler weather clothes and had no luck finding things that I liked. So I decided to go to one of those hand-me-down stores that you can donate old stuff and buy. Hint, it begins with a G. I was in a white t-shirt, blue jeans, combat boots, and for some reason, a My Chemical Romance Black Parade hoodie. I'm currently wearing it as I type this out. This hoodie was special to me because it belonged to Samantha. It was old, holes were on the shoulders from homemade spikes she placed in there to look more goth with it, as well as on the sleeves. But the zipper worked and it kept me warm. Perfect for those chilly transit buses in the town I was in. Once I got to the store, I began to browse. Now, this particular day was very hot and the AC barely worked, so I took my hoodie off and tied it around my waist by the sleeves. While searching, I found this nice tan trench coat that was for sale, $25. Not bad for a used coat. It was in perfect condition. Slipping the hoodie off of my waist, I set it down on the shelf nearby so I could try the coat on. I liked it and wanted to take it, so I slid it off and draped it over my arm. I turned to grab my hoodie and it was gone. I looked on the ground and around and it was nowhere to be found. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I, I, that, yeah, I love rhymes. I took the trench coat that I was going to buy with me and was about to go to the register and that's where I found it. My hoodie in the hands of one of them a karen she had the exact look you'd expect of one blonde hair messy makeup skin that looks as if the wrinkles were ironed out and a face that said i want to speak to your manager's manager she'd taken my hoodie to the front and she was going to purchase it i stepped forward and this is how the conversation went to my best memory excuse me mom but i believe you have my hoodie your hoodie this is mine as soon as i buy it I couldn't find a price tag, so I'm going to ask how much it is. No, you see, that hoodie was mine. I set it on the shelf to try on this coat. I proceed to show her the trench coats. No, it was on the shelf, so it was for sale. No, mom, it belongs to me. What are you talking about? Are you trying to steal it from me because you want it? I found it first. Please, give it back. It belonged to my fiance. No, I will not give you the hoodie. She screamed those words and drew attention from multiple people. One of the store associates notices the commotion and steps forward. She speaks softly. Hey, is everything okay over here? Before I could answer, Karen cuts me off again, shouting and pointing an accusing finger of me, saying, This boy tried to take this jacket from me when I want to buy it. He tried to steal from me. I explain. The hoodie belongs to me. I had it with me when I first came in and I took it off to try on this coat. The hoodie belonged to my fiance who died of cancer three years ago. Karen then shouts, liar, you only want it because I have it. Oh my God. The employee turns to Karen and explains, mom, there is no need to shout. She turns to me and says, can you prove that it's yours? By this time, a manager was called to come to the front to get an understanding of the situation. I nod and pull out my phone finding a picture of samantha wearing the hoodie with me in the picture and i showed it to her the employee nods and turns to karen mom please return the hoodie to him no no i will not i found it on the shelf and i will not leave without it by this time the manager had heard enough and police were called 
20 minutes later they arrive and karen is still ranting about how unfair she's being treated and that she'll get them all fired for trying to force her to give up my hoodie the officer pulled me aside and i explained my side while another took her statements I showed the officer the picture and explained that the hoodie belonged to my fiance, who died and of course it meant a lot to me it's one of the few memories i have left of her the officers then were taken to the back to view security footage and what did they find me coming into the store with the hoodie around my waist and karen taking it while i was trying the coat on a few minutes later and karen is forced to give me back my hoodie and was told to leave while being escorted out she flips me off and stomps out I got my hoodie back and the manager apologized for the inconvenience even offering to let me have the trench coat for free I declined because this company makes its money off of purchases here But I did settle for 25% off the coats, which I then used to buy a cold mountain dew Look, I can care less if you steal from me, but do not steal my memories with her Honestly, guys, I don't even know where to start with this story. I think some of you maybe are thinking, okay, don't be too harsh on the woman. She did ultimately find the hoodie on the shelf and she probably did genuinely think that it was part of the store. And look, of course, there was no way of her knowing before that that the hoodie did indeed belong to OP's fiance who had sadly passed away. But as soon as somebody says to you, no, that's my hoodie, surely at that point you just give it back to them. Like, come on. Obviously, the whole situation is heightened because of who the hoodie originally belonged to and OP's memories associated with that person. But it shouldn't really even got to that stage in the first place just if someone says it's their hoodie give it back to them pretty simple i do have to say though when you say to this karen the hoodie belonged to my fiance who died of cancer three years ago and she then says liar you only want it because i have it that is mad like that is actually mad and by the way op i'm so sorry for your loss i can't even begin to imagine what you've gone through and now moving on to our second story of today's episode i just thought the food was trashy i just got back from a hot mess disguised as a blind date and wanted to get the details down it might get a little long but there is some relevant backstory my fiance whom i was in a relationship for 10 years with died in a car wreck three years ago the driver of the car was drunk no i have no desire to talk about it fair enough When I was a teenager, I got a job working at a movie theater. My last night working there, a plumbing emergency occurred and raw sewage was backing up into the bathrooms and kitchen. I was issued a mop and told to get cleaning. The kitchen continued to serve food while there was sewage floating on the floor. Yes, the health department was called and there was a legal kerfuffle. I now will not eat food at that theater. So Daphne, a friend of my fiance's that I've stayed in contact with, called me on Wednesday and inform me that she is upset with the state of my social affairs and a girl she knows from work would love to meet me i sort of sigh because daphne is the type of person who thinks the word no is a negotiation tactic and just requires finesse she can be exhausting make no mistake she means well but what daphne wants daphne gets i ask when and where and what the dress code is I'm informed that it's a date and I should try to avoid looking homeless and the movie is an afternoon show followed by dinner because Fred, Daphne's boyfriend, who by the way I'd get on much better with, has the night shifts. Myself, Daphne and Velma, who is the girl I'm going to meet on the dates, all work from home. We make goodbye noises and I immediately text Fred for pertinent details because Daphne will gloss over anything that she feels could be problematic. Fred informs me that this chick is super hot and nice and smart, but she's also a vegetarian. This raises an eyebrow because that's not something I really would find problematic. When pressed, Fred admits that Velma may give me rubbish if I order a steak. 
Fantastic. Well, I'll pretend I'm not a carnivore for one evening and then we can all live happily ever after. I get myself prepared for interactions with other humans, which was a non-trivial process, quarantine life, and it's only on Thursday night that I realize something important has been forgotten. I text Daphne and make sure she remembered to ask Velma to not wear perfume, or at least not much of it. This is not because I'm opposed to girls smelling pretty, it's because I'm allergic to certain perfumes and colognes. It's not a lethal allergy, but it does make me decidedly uncomfortable. She breezily assures me that Velma knows and gushes about how excited she is to ride in the mystery machine and see me again after so long. Honestly, these Scooby-Doo references, pretty incredible. The day in question arrives and I assure Scooby, who by the way is my dog, that I'll be back soon. And I set off to pick up Fred and Daphne. They come down upon being summoned. Fred jumps in the back and Daphne in the front so she can direct me to Velma's place. Okay, so I guess it's a double date then. We pull up outside Velma's apartment building and Daphne texts Velma and moves to sit in the back with Fred. So we wait and I start showing off some of the cool stuff my car can do. After about 10 minutes of waiting and showing, my inner 12-year-old seizes control and I start abusing the whoopee cushion thing my car can do. It allows you to make poot sounds come out of different parts of the car. Myself and Fred are about to pee ourselves laughing and Daphne is trying to look stern, but her dimples are showing and she's about to crack. These farts sound raunchy. Enter Velma. She throws open the door and sternly asks, what the hell is wrong with all of us? Are we in kindergarten? Well, all sounds of merriment die and we all immediately look like chastened schoolchildren. Awkward silence is rather awkward, but there's really no avenue of conversation available when you introduce yourself by berating everyone. After that stellar start, Daphne starts trying to fill the void and get the conversation going. And eventually everyone sort of loosens up, but it was just the harbinger of things to come. We get to the theater and Fred and Daphne order their tickets. I'm next and order mine. And before I can pay, I can feel indignant eyes boring into the back of my skull. And when I look, Velma's given me a look which clearly communicates I'm apparently buying hers as well. So I do. We make it inside the theater and Daphne, Fred and Velma make for the concession stand while I go nowhere near because I'll be damned if I'm going to pay $10 for a medium drink and a medium soda I have zero interest in consuming. We take our seats after concessions are bought and Velma asked me why I didn't get anything to tide me over until dinner. I mentioned that the food here is kind of trashy and she asked point blank how you can mess up popcorn and soda. Now, I've got zero interest in maintaining a relationship with this woman. So I regale all three with my tale of woe about sewage in the kitchen. If I'd cared, it would have been about the outrageous cost. Both girls turn an interesting shade of green as they were industriously munching on popcorn before I started the story. I assured them that I used the bathroom and saw no sewage. They were likely fine. Fred laughed when he was suddenly gifted two half-eaten popcorns, which he demolished. The Bond movie plays. Everyone liked the movie, and it was after the Italian restaurant for dinner. Everyone liked the movie. Are you sure? I mean, it's all right. It's a bit long, isn't it? We make it to the restaurants and get seated immediately, and are issued a basket of the excellent breadsticks this place is known for. Velma excuses herself to the bathroom, and Daphne, Fred, and I are discussing the movie and what we want to eat. When Velma comes back, she can be smelled before she is seen and sits back down at the table, smelling like she'd just been dunked in a vat of perfume. My eyes immediately redden. I can feel a migraine start brewing, and I fight the urge to cough, because allergies. Our waitress stops by and introduces herself and asks if she can get us drinks. Fred orders a beer, 
Daphne orders a cocktail, Velma orders a cocktail, and I order myself some delicious apple juice off the kids' menu. The stuff is delicious and blends in better with the boozy drinks than a soda would. Velma is made curious by my selection and asks me if I drink. I assure her that I do socially, but not when I'm driving. She makes a puffed sound and dismisses that with an airy wave of her hand and blithely informs me that I shouldn't worry so much. She drives all the time with a few drinks in her. Well, that's good to hear. I assure her I'm quite content with my apple juice and start counting in my head because there's no way this girl could know. Daphne frantically inserts herself into the conversation with an air of someone jumping onto a live hand grenade and conversation is guided away from sensitive subjects and everyone starts to relax. Our waitress returns with drinks and begins taking everyone's orders. This restaurant helpfully labels different entrees with apostrophes for people with different dietary needs. Fred, Daphne, and Velma all order their meals. And when it comes to me, I order a cheese-stuffed food, which I will not embarrass myself by attempting to spell, which comes with marinara sauce labeled with a nice green apostrophe, meaning it's safe for leaf eaters. Waitress says the food will be here shortly, and before she's made it five feet, Velma starts in on me for ordering something with red sauce. Apparently, she did that once, and the server confused marinara with bolognese. She actually tells me that I should call the waitress back and reorder it with Alfredo sauce. I assure her I'm quite content with my choice, and if it comes back with meat, that's not really a problem for me. Fred's wincing by that point, and Daphne is desperately trying to get Velma's attention. Velma is evidently so incensed by my cavalier attitude, she actually has the nerve to ask me how I could be so disrespectful. I couldn't help it. I just laughed at her. When she asked precisely what's so funny, all the rage I'd been keeping bottled for Daphne's sake just goes cold and seeps out. In a tone that was so dispassionate it was unnerving, I asked why she expected respect but gave none herself. I started ticking points off of my fingers. Did this idiot not start with her berating us for having fun while she made us wait? Did she not give the impression she was entitled to a free movie ticket just for breathing? Did she not come back from the bathroom, doused in perfume, which she was told I was allergic to? Did she not blithely endorse driving tipsy, considering a drunk driver killed the love of my life? And now she has the nerve to object to someone's food choice, which was made with her preferences in mind, out of respect to her, mind you, because it might come back with meat. But I'm being disrespectful? Wow. I stood up and went in search of our waitress, so I could clear my portion of the tab. I guess I seem pretty angry because everyone magically moved out the way and the waitress definitely raised an eyebrow once I tracked her down. She rang me up and gave me my copy of the receipt and I tipped her at least $20 over the total because this girl deserves it given what I'd left her to deal with. I did mention that my table might need some extra napkins on the way out. Okay, that's it for the story, but OP has actually given us a little update. First of all, starting with some dog tax. And you lot might know that I'm not massively into dogs, but I do love the title of this post. I just told him he was adopted. I mean, look at his face. He looks devastated. And then Fred texted me first and complimented me on my power move. Asked if my balls were okay because they were dragging on the ground on the way out. Daphne texted this morning, pleading for me not to hate her, claiming she knew her friend Verma was a little snippy sometimes, but had no idea she was that bad. I assured her that I do not hate her, but I did want to have a bit more of a say in who she introduced me to in the future. She promises this will be the case. We'll see if she remembers. Fred said after I left, he was trying so hard not to start laughing and making everything worse for Daphne. 
He even managed to keep it together while both girls tried to figure out what to do Although he did completely lose it when the waitress brought over a mound of napkins Which caused velma to burst into furious tears He didn't know if it was him laughing or the napkins that started the waterworks, but it was bad They got separate ubers to go home well, there you go. Very entertaining story there. Um, look, obviously an absolute cow of a woman, but I don't really get it right. Daphne apparently is mates with her, but then was surprised when she acted like this. Surely if you're friends with someone, you know how they are and you know they could act like this. I just don't really get it. Like if I brought a friend along to something, I probably would know how they were going to be because they're my mate and I know them pretty well. It's a weird one. Clearly they're not very good friends. As for you, OP, I've got to say, legendary performance from you throughout this entire pose. Like what a legend you are. Honestly, you handled the whole thing exceptionally well. Calm at first, but in the end didn't want to get walked over you know trodden on just yeah say it how it is great stuff i'd like to think i'd do the same in this situation again same as the first story i'm, I'm so sorry terry about what happened to your fiance that's actually insane but um yeah you dodged a bullet with this one not that you needed me to say that that was pretty obvious from the story and i like as well that you just knew instantly like nah we're not gonna get along i don't really like this girl let's just see what happens though and tell her about the sewage story that's the most important thing 250 dollars airpods versus 50 dollars dupes a customer comes in to buy some bluetooth earpods i show him what we have in stock apple airpods for 249 dollars or a cheaper brand that is 49 dollars the conversation goes as follows a little summed up what is the difference between these two well the apple airpods are a higher quality they've got a microphone and they would pair well with your iphone this brand is a more affordable option but they have lesser quality sound and no microphone they also sit in your ear a different way. Well, which is better? They're both wonderful for their price range, but of course the AirPods would have better performance. Do you own one of them? How do you like it? Yeah, I own AirPods and they're really amazing. I've had them for a little under a year and they are great, but I've set this other brand up for customers before and they've all been very happy with them. Hmm, how about this? I'll buy the $49 ones and I'll give them to you as a gift. Uh, what? And then you will give me your AirPods as a gift back. Oh, uh, no, no, thank you. Do it. I'll have your AirPods and you can have this other brand and I'll leave a happy customer. Uh, yeah, no. Don't you want me to be happy with the service here? This will make me happy. So happy. Now, at this point, I start feeling pretty uncomfortable. Well, I'm sure buying either one of these will make you happy. They're both really great products. Well, I want to do it this way. This goes on for a while. He asks more questions about them, offers the exchange again, over and over, before he decides to buy the AirPods anyway, pulling out a wad of cash. He double checks with me right before paying as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what more to say about this story other than what a weird, weird man. That's it. Genuine. what else am I that just move on and now moving on to our second entitled parent story of today's episode An entitled parent accuses a taxi driver of being the reason why his precious adult child passed out drunk and missed her curfew This is a situation my father had in 2013 He was a taxi driver for years and after this happened he immediately quit and became a truck driver Okay, so we know we're in for some sort of story here. It was saturday night. It was well past midnight So already sunday around 3 a.m My dad had just driven one person home when the dispatcher called him. So 303 a.m My dad receives the destination and the fare Disco club two women one of them called anna 308 a.m My dad's at the entrance to the club at 3 12 a.m. Two girls enter my dad's car one of them anna 
around 25 years old, both of them, and also both drunk as heck. Anna gives two addresses to my dad. First, her apartment building, then her friend's house. 3.20 a.m., the car gets to the first address. The other girl says that she has money to pay the full fare, so Anna leaves the car. She's very drunk and insecure on her feet. There's no light at the entrance to Anna's apartment building. So my dad uses the headlamps of his car to shed light at the entrance of Anna's building so that she can find her keys, open the door, and so on. Now, this is a common practice among taxi drivers. Always make sure that a woman arrives at the destination safe and sound. 3.25 a.m., The car leaves the first address and heads for the second. 3.32 a.m., the car arrives at the second address. In the meantime, the second girl passed out. If it wasn't for this first stop, the total time to drive from the disco club to the second address would have been less than 10 minutes, by the way. And this is relevant for the later events. At 3.33 a.m., my dad leaves his car, locks all the doors, and enters the courtyard. This is also a standard procedure. If your fare is unconscious, and even more so if the fare is a woman, do not touch her. If you are at her destination, call someone from there to pick her up and pay for the fare. If there's no one at the destination to help you with her, call the ambulance or police. So, my dad knew that it was Saturday night, that they were at a disco and had a lot of drinks, and he had no reason to call the emergency. At least not before he tries to get help from a family member. At 3.34 a.m., he rings at the doors of the house. At 3.36 a.m., the girl's father opens the door. Who are you? And what the heck are you doing here at this hour? The dad says. I'm sorry to wake you up, sir, but I'm a taxi driver and I've just driven your daughter home. My daughter? Where is she? She's in the car, passed out. Please bring her in and put her to sleep. She'll be sober in a few hours. But she's more than one hour late. She should have been here around two. Sir, I received the call from the disco club at around 3 a.m., dropped her friend off along the way, and I'm here now with your daughter passed out in my car. Please, come to the car to take her in and to her beds. What did you do to her? He said, still standing at the doorstep and accusing. Uh, Nothing. I drove her here home to you. I'm a taxi driver. That's what I do. But my daughter doesn't drink much. She'd never allow herself to be so drunk as to pass out in a stranger's car. Sir, she and her friend were already drunk when they entered my car at the club. And I'm not a stranger. I'm a taxi driver. No, she must have been given something. Sir, I don't know anything about that. Look, I received the call at around 3 a.m. to pick up your daughter and her friend at the club. You can ask your daughter about it in the morning when she sobers up. Look, please come and take your daughter out of my car and settle the fare. Tomorrow, you can speak to her and her friend who will confirm everything I said. No, she called me at around 1.30 and she didn't sound drunk at all. She told me she'd be home by two. And two hours later, she's unconscious on your back seats? I received the call from the club only at around 3 a.m., sir. You can ask your daughter tomorrow when she wakes up what happened at the club between 2 and 3 a.m. But right now, you should bring her in. I'm not allowed to have any physical contact with my fare, and she can't get out of the car by herself. You're obviously lying, because you're telling me you needed a half hour to get to here from the club? What? I never said that. Yes, you did. You said you picked up my daughter and Anna at 3am, and now it's past 3.30. I received the call from the club after 3am, and I picked them up at about 10 past or later. And I also dropped Anna off at her address along the way. Sir, 
My car has a GPS tracker and you can check my locations at any given time during my shifts. You can call my dispatcher if you like and ask her for the timestamps. She'll send it to you first thing after I've made sure my fare has safely arrived at her destination. No, she hasn't safely arrived at the destination. She's unconscious on your back seat because she's had too much to drink, sir. Before she entered my vehicle, that's not my fault or responsibility. I would have helped her out myself if I could, but I'm not allowed to touch my fare. As I said, my daughter would never have too many drinks by herself. I want to know what was given to her. Then bring your daughter in and to bed, and in a few hours when she sobers up, ask her what happened at the club or in my car. Ask Anna and my dispatcher as well. But right now, I need your daughter out of my vehicle before she throws up or something. I'm not going to contaminate a possible crime scene. Sir, there's no crime scene in my cab. Only your daughter who needs help to get out of the vehicle and into her bed. She'll be fine after some sleep. She's not the first fare to pass out in my cab during the ride home. It happens, and it's not a big deal. The important thing is that she's home safe and that you can check the last 30 minutes of my shift if you want with no problem whatsoever. Now, please help your daughter out of my car. I'm calling the police, sir. You know? Oh, please do. And then 10 minutes later, there were two policemen at the door. In the meantime, the lovely daughter on the back seat of the cab made a huge mess all over the place. She emptied her bladder on the seat and threw up on the floor and back seats and all over herself. The policeman called my dad's dispatcher and in less than one minute established that my dad was totally innocent and that of course he did the right thing by asking the fair's father to help him with the passed out woman. They told the father to bring the daughter in and then told him to leave my dad alone. The man was furious but had to do what they told him. However, the story didn't end there. Two days later, my dad's boss received a call from that same entitled dad. The boss already knew what had happened that night. I demand the fur I had to pay refunded, as I'm going to press charges against your driver. On what account, sir? For molesting my daughter, I've already spoken to my lawyer. Feel free to do that, sir. I hope your lawyer informed you of the fact that we have timestamps for the vehicle in question and that the entire case can backfire on you hard, sir. My daughter doesn't even remember that they called a taxi and that she ever entered your car. Your daughter's loss of memory is irrelevant, sir, as the video surveillance at the entrance to the club confirmed that your daughter willingly entered the vehicle with her friend at 3.12 a.m. on Sunday. And I'm sure you already know that your daughter's friend herself called our dispatcher from her mobile phone. My lawyer told me that your drivers are responsible for their fares and their well-being while they're in your cars. Exactly. And the only thing my driver did wrong was ringing at your door instead of calling the police immediately. He didn't want your daughter to spend a night in prison to sober up and wanted to avoid an embarrassing situation for her. So he made a mistake and asked you to help your daughter out of the car. I'm going to sue your butts for this. Be my guest. As I already said, And for the record, we're not going to refund the fare. We will, however, send you a big invoice for the car cleaning services and for the 24-hour loss of our vehicle and fares we lost thereby. Indeed, it happened as announced by both parties. The entitled parent sued the company and lost epically. The company won and the invoice at the end of the story was big and now included legal costs and all possible fines the judge could add to it to teach this dad an important lesson about responsibility and false accusations and disrespect. My dad then decided to become a truck driver 
as truck drivers never have to deal with drunk fares or entitled parents. I mean, come on, seriously, what is the point in even making a big deal out of this? Just take your daughter inside and send her up to bed. It's pretty obvious that she's probably had a few drinks and is just drunk. And also, like, she's in the back of a licensed taxi. Not saying that means that, you know, nothing could have happened, because, yeah, sure, it could. And look, I get that he's just looking out for his daughter. Fine, but come on. Like, all the data and all the evidence that you would possibly need is there. And this is a proper taxi company. He's gone way too far with this, surely. Surely. Am I wrong? I don't know. Let me know. And also, right, if he actually thought that his daughter was molested, why would he not then go and help her? As like, What did he say? It's a crime scene. I'm not going to go and touch her. But you're you're giving the impression that you thought your daughter's molested. This guy's just a joke. Like I don't understand. I don't know what is, what is even the play here. Trying to sue the taxi company, get some money, send this poor man off to prison. I don't get it. Very, very strange behavior from this man who, by the way, doesn't deserve to be a parent and look even the comments are saying yeah all taxis in this country have to have cctv in them just in case stuff like this happens also like i've seen a lot of youtube videos from just terrible terrible people in taxis there are quite a lot of channels you probably know the ones that i'm talking about that obviously you know show their cctv footage and show terrible terrible customers in their taxis i know this probably happens a lot but my god this was uh, one of the worst examples clearly and there we go guys that is it for this r slash entitled parents movie i do believe that that is actually part 10 I've made nine other Entitled Parents movies and I've got to say if you watched the whole thing and you're still watching now Thank you. Thank you so much. That's actually insane that you've watched all of this If you haven't yet checked out some of my other movies a few of them will be on screen right now But um, yeah, I want to say a huge thank you for you know watching this entire video Hope you enjoyed it more movies coming very soon There's gonna be a special Halloween one coming next week in fact and yeah without it being said again a massive thank you for watching this whole video That's insane. See you tomorrow with a brand new one Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.